Mo Facts with Adam Curry for June 29th, 2022. This is episode number 83. Summer's here and so are we. I'm Adam Curry coming to you from the heart of the Texas Hill Country. Time once again to spin that wheel of topics from here to Northern Virginia. Please, once again, say hello to my friend on the other end, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mo Facts. How you doing, Adam? Hey, Mo. It's good to hear from you, brother. Man, I'm good. it's good to be back in the saddle. Yeah, uh, and get things going. Yeah, we got the summer in full effect right now, and uh, and I, I I'm not quite sure what you brought for us today, but I am ready for it just before we hit July. Uh, just to check, everything good there in uh, in Northern Virginia? Very busy, but it's good. It's all good, <laughs> but very very busy. So, um, but I have another great show for the people. So I guess you can spin that wheel and we'll get right on to it. All right, here we go. Spinning the wheel of topics. Round and round it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. Well, of course, Mo actually does know. What will the topic be for Mo Facts with Adam Curry, episode number 83? This case is not legal. It is political. This case is not legal. It is political. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So... I, I don't know I'm anything sure. yet. I have no I'm idea sure. what we're yeah. doing. <laughs> I know people are going to think that the, uh, we're going to talk about first, whatever's in the, the headlines. Yeah, the first thing I think of is uh, January 6th, J6, the, the primetime purge. N- not not it. You want to take another guess? Because I, I left that clip like that just to see if you could. Um, it's in the news cycle, political. but it kind of came and went. I'm going to see if you can get it. Well, I, I, I mean, I could look at the clips, but that would be cheating, Mo. So. Um, uh, Roe v. Wade. Okay. Nope, nope. I'll help you out. Andrew Gillum. Oh, yeah. And I saw, yes, I saw one article, I think, just one, that uh, he was was convicted of wire fraud. And, and, you know, it's like, wow, man, this was the guy who was supposed to be the governor of Florida, right? And, And it's just the, the Democratic Party has completely dropped him. No one comes to his defense. It's just over. Ask yourself how much different things would be if he won and DeSantis didn't. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd say you, I'd say you, things would be very different right now. So that's this. That's why this news story piqued my interest, and we can't forget the fact that this is Joe Biden's FBI. Whoa! Wait a minute, Joe Biden's. What does the FBI have to do with Gillum? That's who. That's his charges. Oh, oh, it's okay. a federal. It's it's a federal, federal charges. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, all right. Crap. One, one count of. Well, let's just get into it. Uh, clip one. Andrew Gillum, a once rising Florida Democratic star, has been indicted alongside one of his longtime advisors for alleged fraud tied to his campaign against Governor Ron DeSantis. The 21 count indictment includes one count of lying to the FBI, one count of conspiracy to commit mail fraud and 19 counts of wire fraud. In an earlier statement to NBC News, Gillum acknowledged the case but denied any wrongdoing, saying, quote, every campaign I've run has been done with integrity. Make no mistake that this case is not legal, it is political. In just Uh, a few moments, Gillum and his advisor, Sharon Letterman Hicks, are scheduled to make their first court appearance in Tallahassee. Okay. Well, that changes things a little bit. How can this be political if it's the Democrats who are in charge of the uh, Department of Justice? 
Well, uh, I mean, isn't that by default exactly that? If the Democrats, the Democratic Party is is in charge of justice, then it's all political, I'd say. Yeah, but this is their guy. This was Obama's guy. Yeah. <laughs> and more, and maybe possibly more ways than one, but. <laughs> see, that, see, that, that's where my thinking goes right away. It's like, well, you know, this was Obama's guy. Maybe he needs to be shut up. Well, we're going to get into it. But I just, I found this, these charges and they get 19 charges, one charge aligned to the FBI in, in a world where you, you're saying Hunter Biden is getting away with murder Uh, politicians do this kind of thing all the time and we'll get more into the charges but I just found it very strange that he would be charged but not really because I'm just going to lay out something right here right now I've mentioned this before these are headlines Fox News Clyburn Inc Democ- uh, South Carolina Dem show showers family members with over 200k from campaign funds. <laughs> Maxine yes. Water pays daughter another 24,000 in campaign cash Waiting adding up a to 1.2 okay. million in previous payments. We are purging the Democratic Party. There's some particular about all these candidates. I can tell you, Lieutenant Governor Benjamin resigns for following campaign fin- finance um indictments. That's the lieutenant governor of New York. Mm-hmm. What do all these people have in common? They're all Democrats. And they're all black, so-called. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I guess that's, uh, that's fun. Mo, I'm, I'm so used to not seeing color anymore that I didn't even realize it. <laughs> no, but I just find it strange huh. that all these headlines are cropping up. It's kind of like stay in line. Don't you think about leaving this plantation? Right. Yeah. Well, but wait a minute. So, but Auntie Maxine, she's not leaving the plantation. She is she doing something wrong? Is she not uh, following orders? They understand the grass. They've lost the grassroots. Right. With the whole, if you're just gonna get it, this surface level of it, you didn't get the expected response with Roe v. Wade from quote unquote the blast. At all. No, in fact, quite the opposite, I'd say. You understand? The Democrats still need the vote. These Democrats in these districts still need that vote. The black vote. Right. And they're torn. I, this is my just my perspective and political calculus. So they're looking at the grassroots. They're like, well, I'm damned if I do. I'm damned if I don't. Because if my grassroots people don't turn out for me. Yeah, the, yeah, I'm not okay, going to get elected. Right, right, right. So you can see them easily, but was, making a pivot. So I wonder if if Gillum somehow was a was some kind of threat to the uh, to the Democrats or to Obama or whoever else is pulling the strings, or could that could be one thing, or was it he just used an example to Ooh. say, hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's black and, and, on black on black black lynching, man. That's pretty the, bad. The, the, well, we'll get more into that because well, since you brought it up, you see they're bringing in a new class of Democrat uh, candidates. The guy with the noose around his neck, yeah, literally yep, lynching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. What's his name? They have, Where's he from uh, again? Ah, uh, he's from Kentucky. You caught me flat footed with okay, that. Man. That's okay. I'll look it up. But um, 
him, and then you have a guy I think out of Baton Rouge. He was in his uh, his campaign as smoking weed. So even the Democrats know we have to go with a more uh, black male. Charles Booker. Facing, Charles yes, Booker. Charles Booker. That's it. Huh. Yes. Yeah, so I think the Democrats are pivoting. You know, all if you can throw in age ageism as well for a few of these people. Mm-hmm. It's like it's time for them to go. And you start bringing in new people uh, and new, new uh, in a new class, but I think this—if I had to say it—this was a warning. This was a this was a shut up. And I, I'm going to lay out my case. So I guess we can get into. You no, know, a lot of people may say, "Who is Andrew yes, Gillum?" Yes, yes. Uh, well, we're intimate, fam- intimately familiar with him and his demise, but this is a whole new level. All right, let's check it out. And I sincerely believe that what is going to deliver us to victory in November is the fact that there are everyday hardworking people in this state who believe, who believe. Man, did he get Joe Biden's mic guy? Because that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty bad. <laughs> who believe. <laughs> Talking from inside a bucket. That they deserve a voice in our government too, and we're going to give it to them. I'm also a believer in science. Uh, we're going to have a governor who will work to ensure that the air that we breathe is clean, that the water that we drink is non-contaminated. In addition to being the mayor of Tallahassee, Florida, the capital city of our nation's third largest state, I'm also a father. And along with my wife, RJ, we are raising two-year-old twins, Jackson and Caroline. You cannot sit back and complain and moan and groan. You got to get involved in the political process. You got to work with Andrew to transform this state. Okay. So this was from the Washington Post that put this together. Oh, well, <laughs> okay. So this just lets you know that they were, they were involved. basically a campaign ad. Yeah. Um, this is when he was running in Florida. Uh, so and Bernie support that was pretty big. I, I you you beat me to the punch. Sorry. Yeah, no, I mean that's good because it's like yeah. So was this kind of like he was he a Bernie guy? No, I don't. Because <laughs> uh. he was Green New Deal. He made. I mean, of course he was a progressive, but yeah. I just find it. I find it interesting because this guy was, in some ways, better than Obama. Well, he had he some, was he, he was some, groomed from yeah. early on. When you look at his Wikipedia page to yeah. be the governor and a pre- presidential candidate. Yeah, I should actually look that up. I mean, talking about, but he had he had some bad <laughs> youngest, he had yeah, some bad right. skeletons in the closet, though. I mean, oh, we're going to get to that, but no different than other candidates have had. But well, that, no, <laughs> except Obama, they somehow they really they killed people. <laughs> well, shut up, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> this is true so while you look up his uh wiki yeah, let's it. go ahead and get to the part two of the uh who is andrew gillum 46 percent of the people in florida today said that they cannot make ends meet at the end of the month they're working many of them harder than ever and can't pull down a wage where they can take care of themselves and their families right i know what it was like to watch my mother and my father trade between which mm-hmm. bills they could pay before something got cut off praying to god without a way forward that next week Something might show up that will allow them to pay enough on the uh, lights so that they wouldn't get cut off. That experience informs my 
um, politics. I'm fighting for things like when Congress has this slush fund for sexual harassment settlements, I blow the whistle on that stuff. So I'm not always the most popular guy in D.C., but I did have uh, support from uh, from someone in Washington. If you walk down Pennsylvania Avenue, he lives in the White House with the pillars in front of it. On behalf of all of you and on behalf of all of the people of the state of Florida, we accept this nomination and look forward to November 6th when I am elected the next governor of the great state of Florida. God bless you. Let's bring it home. Hmm. I heard you ring your bell. Yeah, I had, I had help from someone in the White House, from Obama. That's why I was ringing it. That was, I know, that was DeSantis talking. Oh crap! <laughs> I couldn't even. And he was tell. saying he, he he used that as a he used that as a right as as a as linking a him to Trump. Yes, of course, of course. Well, not he, but Washington Post <laughs> right. linked him to Trump. Ugh. And if he wins Florida, then he's definitely twenty twenty four's candidate. I mean, this is a big deal. <laughs> this is why I'm, I'm telling you. This yeah, is I a hear big you. No, I, I, deal. And, and again, this went completely under the radar. Now, I, and that may have been different. Um, from the sources you're reading, but in general, like no agenda level, the only it only that which means M5M. That's what we track. Mm-hmm. It really only bubbled up once. There was one one article, one headline, and uh, maybe Roe v. Wade happened right after it. I'm sure it was very close. It, and, and when I saw it, I'm like, oh, this is going under the radar. There's a couple of things that are happening, and it's all being covered up or at least not covered because of the the outrage of Roe v. Wade. Kind of like COVID. Roe yeah. v. Wade is yes. consumed that COVID space. <laughs> yeah. where, <you> know, <laughs> the COVID space. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Reason why I saw this guy as being Teflon because even what happened, we'll get later, you know, send those skeletons you refer to. Right. He, he had the, I mean, that was a feature <laughs> for, just to foreshadow a little bit to, to the party that, you know, will be voting for him. Yeah, and yeah. And, and so it's I was why, why now why why this DOJ yeah where's where's the protection because like you said you saw how the media ran interference and you know three letter agencies ran interference for Obama yeah oh and yeah you, and he he was crowned to be the next Obama um. But, especially but, since he could carry Florida. So the way I the way I saw it was because you know of course uh, he had this big uh, hotel room scandal that completely ruined all of his chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the, that's the type of political hit job you would expect, and so maybe it was Republicans, but even that could have come from inside. I don't know. It could have well, goggles. Could, I'm gonna have to tell you goggles right now. So. <laughs> oh, goodness, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, Hold on. just a bit. Sorry. You in that time travel. I, I so, can't help it, Mo. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Um, what we need to do now is look at him because Obama even came out and stomped for him big time in Florida in, uh, in that election against uh, DeSantis. So let's get into number five. And with each new step we take in the direction of fairness and justice, Equality and opportunity that hope spreads. Amen. It starts rippling. It enters into each of us. Can, can you stop? stop get a for me. Yeah, of course. 
I need your audio ears. Okay. To listen to how, and I don't normally do this, but listen to how they let Obama talk and then they have this dead space so his words could be resonate like that. Well, what I, it's interesting you say that. I heard a noise gate kick in immediately. And I'm like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. is that my noise gate? Do I have a noise gate on this thing? <laughs> I, was, I was blaming myself. So, yes, that was noise gated. But, but the fact that this was done post, uh, that may, MSNBC put those gaps in there. Hmm. It may have been, okay, so I, I would love to get the source, and I'm sure it's available somewhere. I know, I, I listened to the source, it's like 53 minutes. Okay, and, <laughs> and, so, and, 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 the, and, and the source, there was no gap there that was put in there? Not pregnant like that is. Well, they did a shitty job because you should at least have taken a sample of the crowd or something that you can insert there instead of just dead silence. I mean, they killed it. It's, it's zero dB. It, it sounds unnatural. That's what piqued my interest. Yeah. In. yeah so yeah. I just want to let, let people know the spells. We got to get back on that kick. Yeah. <laughs> this is how the spells work with the mainstream media. And, and I just want to. Yeah. And, and we've seen this with the uh, back in the day. Uh, this is one of the famous example. There was a heckler. Obama had a heckler. This is where he was like, no, 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 no. Hey, 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 hey. You know, but that was, right. that was the, and it went on for like 17 minutes. But on the news, President Obama, you know, dealt with a heckler today where he really lost against that heckler. You know, so the media has covered up for Obama in many ways, but this is a new one. I agree. This is a, this is a new little trick they're doing. In the words of late Kevin Samuels, you can't make this ish up. Number five, you'll see it on the backside of the clip. Okay, I'll start it over at the beginning. And with each new step we take in the direction of fairness and justice, equality and opportunity, that hope spreads. It starts rippling. It enters into each of us. We get a sense of what is possible. And we remind ourselves of those better angels of our nature. Gee. It's up to you. Let's make history happen right here in full. So positive is jarring. There was the Obama show in Miami today. No Democrat does it quite like the 44th president. He was stumping for Bill Nelson and Andrew Gillum, who's now ahead of his Republican opponent in the race for governor by almost three points in the polling average. But if you were watching that rally this afternoon, you probably noticed the regular interruptions by protesters. Instead of using that classic Trump rhetoric, I'd like to punch him in the face. Here's how Obama handled it. to is having a, a few hecklers to get me back in the mood. You know, it, you know it's, it's like I enjoy that. You always got to have a few in order to know that you're on the campaign trail. It, it tells you something interesting. That even the folks who are in charge are still mad. Because they're getting ginned up to be mad. That's the, that's the men's, that's the mindset. So you want somebody who's actually going to work for working people? Andrew Gillum, somebody. He's going to work for working people. Well, isn't that interesting? Did they uh, cover up the heckler there as well? I mean, they certainly didn't play any of them. <laughs> didn't hear any of they're the heckler. Heckler, 
he brought out the heckler again. I, That's I, interesting. I'm, and you were quiet about it. That's I like I like that about you, Mo. You're able to not not spoil a good one. <laughs> so, huh. uh, I think Obama brought the heckler with him. Oh, oh, oh! Uh, shoot, man, Dvorak and I have 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 thought about this as well. It makes total sense. Because he was ready. He was like, oh, yes, get me going. Like, you even heard him say, get the juices going. Yeah. (laughs) Excellent, excellent observation. (laughs) That's too funny. (laughs) All right, so I guess we get number six. First of all, I watched all of Oprah's events yesterday. I watched all of Obama. Oprah has become Obama, and Obama has become Oprah. But but, but they are really undeterred by Trump's negative. They are embodying Michelle Obama's when they go low, we go high. But they, the difference between 16 and 18 seems to be they want that to translate to big victories. Well, Oprah yesterday just really blew my mind in how she was so inspirational and she was urging everyone to be part of something that's bigger than themselves. It's bigger than their day-to-day sacrifice that's about our ancestors' sacrifice, about their ancestors' sacrifice. And that's something you just never see in Donald Trump's rhetoric. It's not ever about serving your country, about about what you can give. It's always about him. Exactly. So I think that's why it's refreshing to hear a message that's about what you can do for other people, what you can do for your country, and make yourself better in the process, too. The other thing that's remarkable about Obama, seeing sort of each party's best surrogates on the stump, is if you've won twice, like Obama has, um, uh, you're really good at this, and you are made better by the hecklers. I mean, I watched that speech, and his whole vibe changed after he got hecklers. He said, you want to fight? I got to I got fight. I've still got fighting me. Yeah, I think you're right, Mo. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah, it's rent a heckler. <laughs> it's the glass of water. Yeah, it's the, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's the you know. Uh, I, I I'm a firm believer that beer gate was staged. Oh yeah, firm believer of that. Um, because it just happened to be. Henry Louis Gates, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, of all people, of all people. of all people. <laughs> it was just, but uh, yeah, so you heard Obama was in rare form coming out for his guy uh, Gillum. Yeah, and and like I said, just imagine it's like one of those nine eleven questions. Like, what if nine eleven ever happened? What if this vote goes oh, no, the other no, way in Florida? Now, do you think that uh, Gillum actually could have won Florida? Do you think he had that shot? I mean, it was pretty close, if I recall, during the the lead up with the machines. Yeah, but that we'll get to that okay. maybe a little later. Uh, all right. <laughs> with, because <laughs> it was some definitely uh, test runs going on, but uh, I digress. But let's go ahead and get to number seven. He would always talk about how to be the game night player. Yeah, he he did the, the way he waited for the lights to go on for him to really step into his game. And in this case, it was the hecklers. And and sure, yeah. it is such he's it's so dissonant. His his tone, his energy versus what we're seeing from the current president, which he's President Trump is all about grievance and anger, and Trump and Obama is much more about hope and trying to uplift the people he's talking to. Now, the cynical take of the Democrats would be this: President Obama not running again. Oprah Winfrey, at least not now, is not a candidate. They don't seem to have a current a political figure who perhaps who could run for office, run for president in a couple of years, who possesses that type of same charisma and energy that we just saw there. He, you laughed out loud during the way we were playing. I could have talked about that. Well, no, I just it, again, I haven't. It, it's not only aberration from what we're seeing you know, from this president, but it's also not representative of what we're seeing on the stump from Democrats. Right. It's a really different tone. I mean, I, you know, 
Avenatti's not giving that speech. <laughs> He's saying, not only will I lock up Trump, I'll bring my own handcuffs, right? So we are seeing on the left, you know, Eric Holder, when they go low, we'll kick them. Hillary, we can't be civil. There is an energy on the left for, we're sick of this unity crap. We're sick of the hope and change. We want blood. But the, but the brightest stars in this cycle are, are Gillum, who I think has embodied a lot of Obama's I think Beto vibe. has too. Beto yep. and Stacey Abrams. That's fair. So I don't think, I wouldn't put Avenatti in a front runner category. It's amazing how <laughs> my head is in the middle of all this stuff and how quickly you forget. Just, right. I mean, and, and of course it comes rushing back just hearing these clips, but ah, oh yeah, he was the golden child. Totally. It, he, he was the guy. And you could hear, oh, he brings the positivity, but Avenatti. So since they <laughs> mentioned Avenatti, yes. I was, since they brought him up, um, let's do some parallels here. Cause you said something about Obama. I was going to put it in the show and maybe something more for lost tapes, but Larry Sinclair. Yes. That would be the equivalent <laughs> to Stormy Daniels. Yes. So yes, you're right. Right. Even with having weird lawyers, because <laughs> that, that lawyer for Larry Sinclair was a piece of work. Uh, he actually wore a kilt. Uh, oh, so. my goodness. It's been so long ago. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, so how they amplified Stormy Daniels. Yeah. But, but can, most people yeah. don't even know what I'm talking about when I say Larry Sinclair, unless you're in deep. Yes, well, I'm going to put Larry Sinclair in the show notes for everybody <laughs> so okay, you can so check him out. He made some explosive claims about drugs and he had receipts. He had, literal, he had literal receipts. And this makes me wonder, it, well, we'll get there. Uh, so you heard, they were all in for Gillum. The, the whole Democratic Party was in their, in their, in their form. Um, what happened? You know, that's what we need to uh, figure yes. out. But well, well what yeah. happened is Joe Biden happened. <laughs> I mean, I'd say that, you know, that would be the number one thing. But and, and, if know. we say this, because I can't I don't want to make sure I'm not. Uh, being double minded is maybe the best mm-hmm. word. This is alter- uh, Obama's uh, tree peak. Yeah, three P. This one, this Joe Biden uh, term. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so this is Obama's DOJ. <laughs> that, right. That this got okay. Oh, all, right, all, right, all, right, all right. All right. I don't know if it's still goggles or not, but so what? Go I, ahead. Go what ahead. What I'm feeling now is Obama has someone in mind, and we've got to clear everybody out of the way who might interrupt that flow. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Big Mike for president, everybody. It, it could big Mish maybe, because <laughs> uh, that would give him uh, four and five, and yeah. now now we're talking FDR territory. Yeah, or or his papa Poppy, who who had a nice little run there as well. Sure um, did. Sure did. Uh, I think those flags are still half flags staff for him. <laughs> just <to show. laughs> but um, let's see. So this is kind of seeped out during that election uh and i think it's in 2018 when they had their uh, uh governor race down there so let's go ahead and get into this revelation about gillum uh number eight 
on the uh, FBI investigation. I and uh, nor is the city of Tallahassee under FBI investigation. We have been completely cooperative in their process. Uh, we've made every public record that we have available to the public on a searchable website. Um, and what we've said is that if anyone has done anything um, um, illegal or untoward, that they ought to be held fully accountable for it. Contrast that to how DeSantis and Trump have dealt with the FBI. They've undermined them, even going so far as to suggest a deep state. Um, now, my point is, is that I've served for 15 years, not by doing wrong, but by doing right. Um, I do have friends that have been a member of the lobby corps, and they were friends before they were ever members of the lobby corps. But that in no way should suggest that I would do anything uh, illegal or inappropriate. My integrity is intact, and it has always been intact. And I, I get the criticisms from my opponents. Uh, but I want people to measure me and value me by what I've done. A new poll out just this afternoon from public policy polling shows Gillum has a four point lead over Republican Ron DeSantis. Yeah, I remember it. I remember it now. Four point four lead. Four points, yeah. Now we got to, you know, uh, grade that on a curve because we know the um, uh, posters <laughs> definitely had a tilt to him. Yeah. But, but he was under investigation during the race. But not under, but he was not say under investigation, but it was some uh, loose threads hanging out there. And, and if you go to his Wikipedia page, and this is not to get down on Gillum, this is to say he's had protection before. Why now? Why why get thrown up under the bus like that when when you don't even have to have that prosecute that case? Was he ma- go, was, was he making any noise? Was there heat on him uh, about maybe running for twenty twenty four? Was there anything that you picked up? Uh, let's listen to number nine, and then we can get uh, maybe that answers your question. You know, I remember in twenty eighteen when we had the recount and we were down there in Broward County and every single vote truck that was coming in, seals were broken on the back. It really was a primer for what they did in 2020 and 2018 in Florida with the gubernatorial election. And early on in in 2017, Alex, uh, late 2017, early 2018, I reported that Andrew Gillum was having gay uh, drug-fueled orgies. I reported that he was involved with these lobbyists when he was mayor of Tallahassee, getting sweetheart deals and when you look at the indictment that came out yesterday 19 counts of wire fraud and then lying to the fbi some of the key players involved in that that are that remain unnamed but you can tell by the transactions and and the monies that went through are the same exact people i was talking about and they said jake you can't talk about his sexuality it doesn't matter and i said no it's not about his sexuality it's about being compromised because if he got elected governor and he was doing this kind of stuff that he was doing in his private life now, three years later, when we exposed him in the hotel room, passed out, covered in vomit after the orgy, what what would have happened in our state, Alex? What would have happened in Florida? What kind of crooked developer, what kind of crooked globalist, what kind of crooked Soros scheme was going to be pushed through because they had the goods on him? Yeah, it was pretty, pretty much compromised. So this is Jacob Ingalls, and he's the one that uh, he's just for full uh, transparency. He is a conservative leaning reporter uh but he also is uh gay so you have to kind of throw that out the window right (laughs) you know what i'm saying like the 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 binary of the heterosexual gets homosexual they're both uh gay so they don't that that's the thing he didn't expose him because he's gay i'm sure he exposed him for political gain sure uh 
But he makes some claims that 2018 in Florida was a test run for what happened in 2020 with the elections. Mm. Could that be, that's why I wanted to play that clip. Could that be the loose thread that Gillum presents? Possibly. This is all, I, I know you're going somewhere with this, so I'm, I'm a little lost right now. I, I, I mean, I, there's 20 tell, different. Tell me where you're at. I mean, cause I know I've, I've laid out a lot here. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm still at, okay. At, at the basis, mm-hmm. this is third term Obama. Agree. Um, and he's looking for a fourth and he had, it's the same thing. He has someone in mind and it certainly isn't Andrew Gillum. Right. Cause the, the things like, like the things that he's been identified as quote unquote negatives, him coming, you know what I'm saying? Being out as a you're saying quote unquote gay man. Mm-hmm. That's a positive to his party. Was that, but that wasn't known. Was it? It was on the DL. He has a, he has a wife and kids. Right, he does have a wife and kid, and that that's one of the things that could be a negative. But <laughs> for I, his for his wife, certainly. <laughs> well, we'll get. Oh boy! All right, <laughs> we'll get there. Um, <laughs> no, but it's just that I'm trying to. I'm trying to wrap my head around this Department of Justice hasn't done anything to any politician. Now all of a sudden, you get the guy. I think they got him on. Uh, they was investigating one time for Hamilton tickets. Uh, I'm, he's had a sketchy past. I'm, I'm not <laughs> not gonna say that. Whatever well, time you have a corruption and misuse investigation section yeah. in Wiki, yeah, uh, there's some smoke there. Yeah. <laughs> but but not that can't be covered up by a party that looks at you as a serious. Oh, oh no, of course the party could do everything. Contender. Yeah, the party could do all kinds of stuff for him. Of course. This looks like an inside job to me. Yes. That's what it looks yes, like. And totally. Or, or is it that the FBI is fragmented and this is a rogue red cell? I don't see much evidence of that. I mean, you see how they're embarrassing uh, these Trump people and arresting them at airports, throwing them in leg irons and shit. <laughs> I mean, so it's a pretty radical FBI, but I don't see him doing much good for the Reds. The way I see this going down is, hey, Andrew, if it, if it's blue helping blue, it's like, hey, Andrew, you mind stopping by the office? Uh, <laughs> we need to talk to you for a little bit. You know, come in the back door. You know. uh, phone it's call not, from Mr. Gillum. It's not headlines. It's not. He- this this is not the way it goes. So. No. We got to put 2020 out there. The the wonkiness that went down with the election. He may have some inside knowledge to that. Um, and maybe that's why they, you know, sought to clean him up. But let's mm. get into part two of Jacob Ingalls. I, I think, Alex, they saw him as a, a future political commodity, but they saw him as a little bit of a free spirit. So I think what happened there, he hires the male escort couple of other people are in the room and they're doing these really extreme things. And remember in the police report, they didn't release the police body cam footage, but in the police report, when the police entered the room, he was so incoherent. He could barely stand. He was falling over. He couldn't speak. He couldn't even give a statement. So I think something, something is afoot there where maybe he, he went off the leash a little bit and they had, well, I mean, I mean they may have forced drugged him too. I mean, he may be the victim. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, this, this looks really bad. 
Yeah, and that, that's that's a potential thing too because uh, just seeing that defibrillator. Point is, this is room, how they get back to the defibrillator. Exactly, this is how they compromise people. Talk about the defibrillator for folks who don't know what that is. That's the paddles they use to restart your heart. Who the hell has that? Well, interestingly enough, the male escort that was with Gillum happened to be a emergency room nurse who brought his whole kit with him. So very powerful drugs that uh, are not on the street. So they were, it looks to me speculatively, like they were really getting ready to drug him out of his mind to compromise him. And in case that happened, they had a defibrillator there. This, uh, who should be indicted, in my view, is the people that brought defibrillators and all these drugs. Well, and let's get even more into this. Why hasn't the body cam footage been released where we would see the faces of the other men in the room? We know there was the male prostitute, but we don't know the other two individuals in the room. Why is that? Why can't that footage be released? It's very dark down this rabbit hole, Mo. <laughs> okay, new perspective. I didn't know any of this. This is good. I like it. Okay, so this we could have spy versus spy. So maybe this was a, a hit job by the Reds. <clears throat> or someone to compromise him or and that's even or, a big or, story. or or <laughs> if we look yes it is if you look at you know how I, obama was run i'm pretty convinced he was compromised from the get-go and they've always controlled him with that correct but four people in that room who was the other two people in the room because the only two that are accounted for is Gillum <laughs> yeah, you, and, and you, the male yeah, where, yeah, where's my well, but where's my sixty minutes interview with any of these people? And where was Hunter Biden that night? <laughs> no, stop. A, dr- a drug oh, party? Oh, stop! Wait <laughs> now, a minute. Hey now, hey now. Hey now. <laughs> a drug party without Hunter is not a party at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. No, I'm just saying, like, who, who? Why was the body cam? Oh, wait, here, here, here's a hunter right now. I'm a black man, you idiot. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's see here. We got a drug fuel party. Four people, body cam footage gets Tony Epstein. And um, we don't know who else is in that room. I tell you, this is this is a hell of a story. This is the what I want to talk about because uh, it, it's it's got so many moving pieces to it. So I love it. Let's go back. To, let's go back to the CBS Miami report of this event that happened in that room that night. We're following breaking news now out of Miami Beach, where former gubernatorial candidate Andrew Gillum was involved in an incident possibly involving crystal meth in Miami Beach overnight. According to a Miami Beach incident report, he was inside of a hotel room at a building on 1100 West Avenue where a man was treated for a possible drug overdose. The man was transported to the hospital. Another man was able to tell police what happened, but when officers went to speak to Mr. Gillum, they say he was unable to communicate because he was so inebriated. Officers report finding three small, clear plastic baggies containing suspected crystal meth on the bed and the floor of the hotel room. Police report Gillum left the hotel room and returned home without incident. There have been no arrests. And Gillum just released a statement. It reads in part... I was in Miami last night for a wedding celebration when first responders were called to assist one of my friends. While I had too much to drink, I want to be clear that I have never used methamphetamines. I apologize to the people of Florida for the distraction this has caused our movement. He went on to say he is going to spend the next few weeks with his family and appreciates the privacy at this time. Mm-hmm. Poor so, hold on, hold on. sucker. Poor sucker. 
Alex may have a point. He may be the victim. Yeah. I, I, when I heard that, I was like, okay, hadn't really considered that. But they say the cops talked to a third person. Yeah. Who was that third person? And for the life of me, I can never find out who the other two people in this room I, I, I like, was. I like, I like your Hunter Biden theory. I think it's Hunter Biden <laughs> and Malia Obama. I mean, it's obvious. They're, they're the drug. no party like a Hunter party. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but, I mean, of course, it's Chris Lemieux, so that's not Hunter's thing. No, uh, <laughs> uh, I think he, uh, he's everything his thing. I think he's okay right. with that. But, but we're laughing about this, but then he just gets to walk away? I mean, we find meth on the bed, and, and Andrew no. Gillum gets to walk away, but now he's being uh, rain, reeled in or reined in mm-hmm. over some maybe bookkeeping I, and, and I'll be honest with you. I don't even know exactly what, I, yeah, wire fraud charges, but that can be all kinds of stuff. So I'm not even sure exactly what he did. So what happened was. I, here's, here's how it read. My impression. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I did mention the story and didn't dive into it. Um, the impression I got was he had tried to raise funds from somebody under false pretense. And that was, that can be considered wire fraud. Yeah, they were basically had like a shell company that were raising money, and then his partner, which we're gonna get to later. We're gonna get we're gonna, we're gonna get to the partner, but okay. let's just stick to Gillum right now. She was wiring the money to him from the fund, and that's why you get the wire. Yeah, of course. Fraud. Yes, of course. Of and course. but the what was the most interesting charge to me was lying to the FBI. It's like they don't have to. Put that on there. This is Joe Biden slash Obama's FBI. Right. Why the lying to the FBI? Because that's like that's an automatic guilty. When they hit you with that, yeah. Because they pretty much have have you dead to rights when they throw that charge on you. You can beat all the rest of them, but mm-hmm. that lying to the FBI, no, it gets you is every the, time. Is the one we've seen get get people over and over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he gets to walk away from a meth party. Uh, but you get brought in for moving money around, yeah, which, which is and very the, common in politics. Yeah, yeah, and and that could have been the sting, or I mean, there's all kinds. Of, I mean, that seems like a much more sophisticated way of just taking a guy down. And going back, let's go back to what I mentioned before: the headlines, Clyburn. Showers family members with over 200K in campaign funds. Right. Maxine. Maxine Water pays daughter another 24K in campaign cash. Now, they could have easily added Pelosi, which she's done with her husband and her son, certainly in Ukraine, but uh, she's missing a, a key feature. It's, it's, it's amazing how they, I mean, her husband is allegedly driving around drunk. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, no, no charges. No. But but, but we starting to see these headlines that the, all this like that. That's what starts the rabbit hole, and, folks. And I will say that <laughs> that is an albatross around uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi's neck. This There are people not letting this go. No, but it's still. I, I did it because I say so. I mean, like, right. And, and, the, and the cops just dropped the charges. Like, oh, no. Yeah, and and it's expected. That's the crazy thing about it. That's expected for it to be done that way. It's like, oh yeah, he'll be out. Yeah, uh, everyone said it. Like, ah, eh, it's not going to be a problem. No mug shot. No nothing. And so I'm asking once again, why is Gillum being treated the way he was treated? So let's get more into the details of that night with number twelve. 
We're getting our first look at evidence from the overdose emergency involving former gubernatorial candidate Andrew Gillum. And we're talking about a very messy hotel room with drugs scattered everywhere. Local 10 News reporter Laren Livingston is live on South Beach to show us. Laren. So police tell us back on March 13th, Andrew Gillum was so inebriated when they got here to the Mondrian South Beach Hotel that he could not even speak with those officers who responded here. And so now we're seeing and hearing some of what those first responders saw and heard when they made it here to the hotel that night. It's around 1 a.m. March 13th. Miami Beach police make their way into the Mondrian South Beach Hotel and up to the 11th floor. The first knock goes unanswered seconds later. That's when things literally get blurry for privacy reasons. The audio also goes silent. Police encounter Stop. a man barely dressed if at Stop. Yeah. The camera goes blurry. Yes. <laughs> and the audio goes silent. I just want to point that out to people. It's amazing how that can happen. It's techno. It's a glitch. It's a glitch. It's a glitch. <laughs> for privacy reasons. Wait. <laughs> goes unanswered seconds later. That's when things literally get blurry for privacy reasons. The audio also goes silent. Police encounter a man barely dressed, if at all. You can make out what appears to be Miami Beach fire rescue medics moving around the room. At one point, police direct what appears to be a nude man to the bathroom. He's questioned and later takes a seat. Yeah. For it ain't that wasn't a glitch. <laughs> For privacy reasons. Privacy reasons. Who who are we hiding? You better have an answer for that, Mo. No, you're don't. making me crazy i don't but i'm just saying like and that tells you who could be in that room to say hey we need that camera off and we need that tell the cops yeah somebody who had the power to tell the cops hey we need that camera cut off and we need that microphone turned down and just look over the bags of crystal meth on the floor yeah. all right and we're gonna let everybody go home hmm yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of kicking myself that I never even really thought this deeply about it at the time. <laughs> I'm just, and, who and, has and that kind of pool? Well, okay, it's only a few people. Well, that was also during the Obama era. It was it was was it not? No, no, this was Trump. This, this was, was Trump, Trump Trump era. So Trump, Trump's DOJ. Trump. That's what I'm saying. Trump's DOJ. Trump. Right. No right. charges. All of a sudden, charges, charges when you've just been protected before. And were they protecting Gillum? Obviously not, because he was laid out nude uh, in his own vomit. But we're protecting the other two people in the room. Yeah, that's when it goes quiet. Yeah, <laughs> I want to know. Hopefully somebody can help us out. Let's get into uh, the second part of this clip. We need to know. The call came in about a suspected drug overdose. Andrew Gillum, husband, father, and rising star in the Democratic Party, the first black nominee of a major party when he ran for Florida governor, was one of three men found inside that hotel room. 
Police say Aldo Mejias came back to the room where he found Gillum and Travis Dyson under the influence of an unknown substance. Gillum, who'd reportedly been found vomiting in the bathroom, was later allowed to leave the hotel to go home. Police also released these photos showing the mess left behind, stained pillowcases and sheets, pills and bottles of pills spilled in various places. Police also removed what they suspected to be three small bags of crystal meth. Police say those suspected drugs were eventually impounded. No criminal charges were ever filed, and Gillum claimed he was here in South Florida for a wedding. He has since apologized and says he never has used methamphetamines, but he did say that after that unsuccessful bid for governor, he did fall into depression, started abusing alcohol, and he has since entered into rehab. We reached out to all three of the men who were involved in this incident that night, have not yet heard back. We're live here in Miami Beach, Larry Livingston, Local 10 News. Yeah, what I hear in that report is what I find a little odd is tons of pills, not mentioned what it is, just strewn about, open. It's like if you're doing crystal meth, you're doing crystal meth. You know, I, I don't right. I don't think you're also popping pills and you're certainly not just leaving stuff. I don't know. I mean, it, it sounds like they set up a nice little scene for the cameras is what it sounds like. And at the end of Jacob Engel's clip, Alex overspoke him, but he said... They had drugs you can't even get on the streets. Right, which is maybe because that came from the nurse. Right. Hmm. But the, the, I'm going to show you something culturally, and then we're going to go down to our sub-rabbit hole just for a minute here. Okay. Um, when he said crystal meth, the first thing, and this is this may be an ignorant take, but just, this is like reflex kind of thing. I was like, black people don't smoke crystal meth. Now they do, but that's just the first thing. I was like, "Is that more poor that's white a weird people? drug of poor, choice? Poor, we, poor white people thing? That's like, yeah, that's like the equivalent to crack. You know, like that's just showing. I mean, of course, we we're speaking in general generalization, severe generalities, yeah, of course. You know, hmm. but that was kind of that's what also stuck out to me. Like he's partying with meth. It, it's, I'm like, yeah. well, that, um, what? I don't. Even, is it a gay thing, meth? 14. Oh. <laughs> in the gay male world, we've seen this really upfront. I've, I've, I've seen people get, become homeless. Uh, I, I've seen, and it's sort of fused. The dopamine hit is fused with another dopamine hit, which often for gay men is the first time they have sex or the first time they, they, they realize who they are. And a lot of that is sexual. So you add the sexual dopamine hit to this intensification of the hit. And the addiction is extraordinarily powerful and no, very few people come back. And after they've come back, I mean, I, 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 I friends have also come back. It takes them years to have a sexual experience that they yes. can find meaningful or pleasurable. It's amazing what this does yes. to people. I'm, I'm genuinely shocked by it, how it is destroying. Yeah. It, the way people yeah. describe it is it doesn't just take their mind, it takes their soul somehow. They don't become the people, they become someone else. And I've never seen... You know, you know I would say that, yes, I would say that in speaking with people, after I spoke with Eric Barrera, I was really, my story was really going to be at first going to be just about this enormous supply that they were, the capacity of production and all that. And then he told me this and I began to say, well, the capacity of production has allowed meth to be all over the country then these symptoms logically must be uh, in some degree all over the country as well. And so I began to tie in. Hmm. 
So, yes. <clears throat> gay sex and meth is a thing. Is a thing. And this is the who was speaking was that Sam Quinos, Quinos, I think how you pronounce it. And he wrote the book, The Least of Us, True Tales of America and the, and Hope in the Time of Fentanyl and Meth. Fentanyl gets all the headlines. Yeah. But this industrial quality meth they're pumping out of Mexico in, in pharmaceutical grade labs is yeah, I didn't have the clip just to, you know, just to keep the show, you know, <laughs> in a decent length. But it's uh, uh, reports of this super meth. Super meth. <laughs> yes. So what, it's so clean that the, the it, it, and I'm speaking completely from a novice standpoint, but this is how the, the reports are related. Yes. Mexican super meth. I see it right it's here. The, it's the, imp, uh, the impurities is what caused meth smokers to stop smoking. Because it would get so harsh. Mm-hmm. The fact that this meth is so clean. Keeps everybody you, going. It keeps you smoking. And that's when you see these people, one, deteriorate super fast. Two, these zombie-like things on, and I'm what I'm saying, things, they're no longer human. You heard the guy say it steals your soul. So this thing about what super meth does. And you smoke in high quantities and it's so cheap now. Because it's coming out of Mexico. Right. So people just keep your eye on that super meth. Yeah. yeah send us some samples. <laughs> Please don't. Super meth. I, and if, and if you, I've tried yeah. some things in my day, man, but meth is not one of them. Uh, and, and just as another quick aside, Adderall is nothing but legal meth. That's true. Could, That's true. Could uh, this be leading to the hand in hand with promiscuity? Uh, I said that wrong. Promiscuity. Uh, but, promiscuity uh that we're seeing with oh man yes you know what so i have actually tried adderall just to see what Mm -hmm. the kids were doing and i and i i was like no i was up for a full 24 hours it's like what is this crap this is nuts (laughs) it's not fun it's not good now i can understand where if you use it you microdose or whatever i can see how someone could totally get into it but uh yeah this is just another one to chalk i mean adderall at the college level, it, 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 I mean, it's like Bitcoin. You know, people are selling it, trading it, doing all kinds of stuff. Hey, you got a prescription? Yeah, I need some. I'll sell it to you. I'll sell it to you. I mean, it's crazy how, how prevalent that is. Right. And is that a driver for what we It might be. I hadn't, you know, it's, I've always focused on SSRIs as being a big problem. Let's just add this to it for sure. Yeah, because as you see, the two tie-ins or the two dopamine hits between sex and I know it's not exclusive to gay men so you tie in meth and sex in general yeah and Adderall is entered at such an early age yeah could that be you know some of what's going on here but I'm I just want to sure, lay that out yeah I'm sure it's not helping or it so, is it is helping depending on how you look at it <laughs> once I realized I was like okay meth meth I've heard that before Oh, right. Yes, exactly. Injection of meth. Hi, everybody. Uh, Once again, we are live at the federal courthouse. This is Wendy Birch. We apologize for any audio difficulties that we had earlier, but we wanted to bring you the very latest that in the federal trial against Ed Buck, the former prominent Democratic contributor, he has now been found guilty of all nine federal charges. That verdict coming down just about 30 minutes ago. Now, the charges are extensive. There are at least two counts of providing methamphetamine to a victim that resulted in death. Four additional counts 
counts of providing methamphetamine, one count of using his West Los Angeles apartment as a drug lair, and two counts of paying for interstate travel for the purpose of prostitution. All of these are significant charges. He's been found guilty in all of them. There are maximum sentencing. It is likely that 66-year-old Ed Buck will spend the rest of his life in a federal prison. Now, this case came to light a few years back when there were a number of men, mostly black men, that were overdosing in the presence of Ed Buck, and two of those young men died in his apartment in West Hollywood, one of them being 26-year-old Jamel Moore, the other one being 55-year-old Timothy Dean. Yep, Ed Buck, big Democrat Party donor. They finally got him. But did you hear anything about that? They're finally getting him? Uh, well, this, this was much more of a story than Gillum, for sure. The reason I'm saying, we, we knew they had arrested him, but oh, him yeah, being he, found he, guilty? Yeah, yeah, that was just a couple of weeks ago, I think. No, this comes from J- July 27th, no, 2021. No, I think his, his, uh, his sentencing was just a few weeks ago, I believe. Oh, okay, maybe. I mean, here, that's here even more here disturbing. He was convicted of nine federal charges in 2021 on April 14, mm-hmm. 2022, so a couple months ago. Buck was sentenced to 30 years in prison. You didn't, I mean, I knew it happened. And I remember, again, there was a lot going on. It was not M5M coverage. It definitely warranted it because this was a big ass donor. Everyone's in pictures with him. What he did was despicable. And 30 years is not, you know, he'll die in prison, basically. But he's a serial killer. Yes, of course he is. (laughs) Yes. No, just like, and and no, that that goes you to show I, I i weaved all this together to show you when they want to cover up a story they can cover they up can a story. cover it up yeah even if you're killing black gay men who is right up there i mean like i mean being black and gay i mean that's pretty high on the totem pole yeah i, I mean, mean if it wasn't with that pes- pesky man part yeah. well if, <laughs> but, it was, if it was rupaul or someone like that and it might be a bigger story no no <laughs> No. <laughs> Ed Buck's the money man. <laughs> yeah, he was the money man. He makes things happen, and that goes to show you that they covered it up. And if they wanted to cover up for Gillum, they did. Hey, hey, no, I'm, before, I'm hey cops, can I'm you clean you. up? <laughs> I'm, hey, I'm with you. You've got me convinced. Uh, they covered up, and uh, and for reasons yet unknown. So, and what is this, like I said, what is this thing with Ed Buck? What, what is this? Is this like a thing with meth and gay sex with the Democratic Party? I mean, like, we're just not specifically meth, but drugs. Drugs, We we act like we don't have a president whose son. I know. (laughs) know, I I keep bringing up Hunter, but I have to juxtapose him to everything that's... to everything else. Yep, got that. that, that Drugs, got that. That right there proves it. No, it proves it. It's like... That story, you know, we saw everything that DOJ is not going after. I mean, there's some investigations supposedly. Yeah. I mean, the IRS may be investigating him supposedly, you know, and then you, there's some things going on. But yeah, in general, it's completely covered up. And it's to the degree where the emperor has no clothes. Literally. Yeah. No, the emperor has and, no and, clothes. Uh, you know, we don't see that with emperors looks great. And Ed, like I said, the Ed Buck story was like one of the first cases of pre-Hunter yeah. of saying, hey, if you're on the right team, the then media will not cover it. They will bury it. Yeah. Uh, and let's just go ahead and get to uh, 16. 
During the two weeks of testimony, there were more than eight men that spoke in this trial. And at times, the testimony was harsh and difficult for even the jurors to hear. Uh, so much of it involved graphic testimony of Ed Buck's alleged sexual fetishes and his desire, said the prosecution, to inject methamphetamine into his victims against their will. Now, two of those victims, of course, could not testify, and that was Moore and Dean. Both of them died in that apartment, Moore dying exactly four months ago today. His family now is speaking to the press. We have a live camera just steps away from me. Let's listen in. I agree, and I'll, I'll just add this to what Sammy is saying. To show you that he's telling the truth, we have a council member behind you at City Hall named Paul Koretz, who told a group of people that all of Ed Buck's victims were nothing but disadvantaged black hustlers. And that is how a lot of the politicians looked at his victims, which is why they, like Paul Koretz, never returned his money, never even tried to acknowledge this case, boo on the Democratic Party, um, of which I'm a member of, um, because like Sammy said, it wasn't just the investigators um, and the sheriff's department. It was the politician. It was the media worried about getting sued by Ad Buck. It was everybody. And so I think we all feel vindicated today, like, you know, finally. Mm. Not boo quite. on the Democratic Party. Yes. <laughs> we feel vindicated. That's what we get. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. And, and the reason why. From their stand, and I just I judge people by their own standards. From the democratic standards, first of all, you have a black man being killed by a white man. Okay. Yep. And that black man happens to be gay. Yep. Check. And that black man is being drugged against his will. Check. For sexual purposes, and even to murder him. Check. Congratulations. And no story here. <laughs> you can no now, story you, here. You can now run for president. <laughs> So now you see that it really doesn't matter. <laughs> All those that, pro- I mean, they fall under Black Lives Matter. They fall under pride. They fall under sexual victims, uh, drug addicts. All these, I mean, all of these different groups and, <laughs> and you know, uh, agendas. And nobody wanted to take on their story all because why? Ed Buck was the money, money man. man. Mm-hmm can't make it up and a lot of these and and i want to i could keep bringing this back because for what she said that they were hustlers yeah that's a lot of that's pretty rude man i mean these are people too right these are gay black men that are victims of uh 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 uh, sex crimes you don't get no you know what you know hold on a second the way she said that now that i'm actually i want to go back and play that again was she of course could not testify and that was more and dean's alleged sexual fetishes and uh, his add this to what sammy is saying to show you that he's telling the truth we have a council member behind you at city hall named paul Caretz, who told a group of people that all of ed buck's victims were nothing but disadvantaged black hustlers and that is how a lot of the politicians looked at his victims which is why they like paul Caretz, never returned his money never yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that is unfortunately, I think, spot on and on message for the Democratic Party today's Democratic Party, and it's the same people. Yeah, at the same time, are giving these men free meth pipes, <laughs> so they can have a more pleasurable experience. Yeah, and th- crack pipes. Yeah, thank thank you for putting that out there. That's straight, and, and opening up the border so this super meth. Can flow flood over 
It seems like they're creating a market for their fetish. I'm just going to keep it 100 with you. That's what it seems like to me. Like, oh, let's keep them hooked and we can just go down like Ed Buck did and we can find sex survivors. Hmm. So that's what they are. They're sex survivors. And that's why they call them hustlers because they use sex to survive. A lot of these guys are not even uh, textbook gay, but there's a market. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, I mean, so we got to humanize these people. And the reason why I'm just being so flippant about it, because that's how they see them just as a demographic or your pride or your black lives matter. Oh, you're, Oh, you're just a hustler. You're just a hustler. Right. As soon as they do want to discard them. Oh, it's like, oh, you're, and there's no red in sight in this case. So that's the thing we're talking about in a vacuum here. Yeah. To go to show you that these politicians don't care about you. So I want to get into what actually what survival sex is. This is a throwback from show eight, and this is Tiffany Graham. Survival sex is an enormous issue, too. LGBTQ youths between the ages of 10 and 25 are 70% more likely to engage in survival sex, while 80% of homeless transgender youths are more likely to have engaged in survival sex than homeless cisgender youths. Now, what do we mean by survival sex? In principle, survival sex is part of the wider commercial sex trade. People who engage in survival sex do so because they literally have no other way to survive. So they exchange sex for money. They exchange sex for shelter. They exchange it for food, clothing, or any other good, which is a necessity of life. Yeah, metaphorically speaking, you know, what we've discussed over the past 82 shows, it fits right in with the overall image of the Democratic Party when it comes to uh, uh, black Americans. They don't give a shit. They don't. But even more than that, it's not like it's this neglect, neglectfulness, you know, know saying neglect. It's no, we're praying, we're going to create policies and programs that's going to provide more drugs, better ways to use drugs. So we create this market that can be preyed on by Democrats and Republicans. That's not like we don't, we're not predators on both sides of the aisle. But I'm just saying, who has the leverage right now? Yeah. And who's oh, more drugs? You know, um, nothing about fentanyl. No, interesting. And I mean, I'm sure you had, I mean, I don't know if you had heard of super meth before. No, no, it's the first But I had never heard of, yeah. This is what's being pumped in the streets. And then it was like, oh, they're just homeless. No, a lot of these guys, men, are run, boys, because he said 10. Yeah. 10 years old. That's pedophilia. Mm-hmm. This is the pizza party, folks. I know people get triggered when I say that, but this is the pizza party. It ain't just Ed Buck. It ain't just uh, just Lane Maxwell. It ain't no. This is a system, uh, and it's global. Oh yeah, it's global. Uh, you know it's you know global. better than I anybody know. else. I'm, yes, <laughs> I'm always very careful with these conversations. Uh, I'm I'm cool with it here on the podcast, but uh, uh-huh. I I did I just started discussing this on a radio station in the Netherlands back in the uh, t- early 2000s, and it was about interestingly enough the Dutch Justice Department. Um, the attorney general, in fact, uh, of the Netherlands, and uh, that case is still ongoing. Everyone knows. Everyone knows what the guy was into. Everybody, it's it's all known. But it's just now we're just not going to move on it. And I and I start. I brought this up and had a, a journalist on who had uh, gone pretty deep on this, 
and the station's license was pulled and uh, and everything was gone two weeks later. <laughs> so, <laughs> and the reason why I'm bringing this up is the more and more we see in the news story, you know, teachers pushing this kind, you know, these agendas and, you know, people are not even being sensible. And now it's to a point like it's straight up just child abuse. Yes. Like in, in public, in broad daylight. And it's already been normalized. Like, I mean, you heard Tiffany Graham. I mean, she's the dean of, you know, I mean, she's no, she's the dean of the University of South Dakota Law School. Mm -hmm. As much as I hate to say it, but, uh, you know, this uh, pedophilia and abusing children, I mean, the biggest cover up is still the Catholic Church. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like this shit is covered up. That's why it's easy to say it's global. It's across all kinds of quote unquote industries. And to be honest with you, I went limited to the Catholic Church, but we'll get there no, a know. little later. I know, but that's the one that's public. <laughs> but, I mean, everyone knows about it. It's just like, yeah, whatever. They're old now. Uh, pass. Right. So what I want to do now is before we get into the donation segment, you want to hear an instant boule phone <laughs> moment. Sure. <laughs> so you heard how she was trashing the the politicians and uh, and the pre not not in the last clip, not Tiffany Graham, but the woman that was speaking yes. in, on yeah. behalf of the oh, yeah. victims. And, she, and she's a Democrat, so right? I, I figured she might get in trouble for saying that. All right, Insta Boulet phone. It was everybody, and so I think we all feel vindicated today. Like you know, finally. So anyway, I, I, I just wanted to, to say one thing uh, before we go. We are tremendously proud and lucky to have gotten to work with our law enforcement partners in the sheriff's department, in FBI, in DEA. They put together a tremendous case and we would not have had the volume and quality of evidence without our law enforcement partners who are the unsung heroes here. So I agree I, with that I 100%. Yes. It's so unusual to be yes. feeling like yeah. that, but they absolutely, shame on Jackie Lacey. They have all that evidence, yeah. um, but I'm happy they were able to get it to you, and I'm happy you guys were able to use it. Uh, who stepped in there? Who was that? I think it was the lawyer, one of the lawyers. Uh. <laughs> but you see how quick you, you, you oh yeah she, this she, is the mindset I'm talking about because even in, in this politician thing is politics thing it's a, a religion this is not politics anymore a cult you know cult well, cult yeah so but you heard her she was going off on everybody then this lady steps in and she's like oh yeah you're right I, I was wrong instant boule phone yeah, and then she topped it with something else. Like, the, who's that guy? You know, the shame yeah, on him. Yeah, she had to find another victim because she was <laughs> consciously aware of how she sounded doing a, a you know what I'm saying, a 180-degree turn. So yeah. she had to put the ire on somebody else. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So that's the first block. Uh, that's that's the Andrew Gillum, uh, what happened that night. We're going to see the fallout on the other side and then the, agendas that he's in bed with but before we do that let's thank some people first the white man and the black man have to be able to sit down at the same table the white man has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of that negro and the so-called negro has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of the white man then they can bring the issues that are under the rug out on top of the table and take an intelligent approach to get the problem solved that's the only way that they'll ever do it that's right. Value for value. That's what MoFax with Adam Curry is all about. 
And it's very simple. Uh, none of this stuff is discussed in the media. Why? Because you can't get away with it. Your advertisers will be pulled. If you're doing it on uh, big tech, then for sure, uh, your, uh, your podcast or your blog or your tweets or whatever it is will be demonetized. Uh, I mean, we, uh, you don't monetize on YouTube, but because you probably would be demonetized right away. I mean, the only way this work can be done is through the support of our producers who don't just listen to the show, but you give us feedback, information, ideas, uh, time, talent, treasure is what we call it. And uh, we love it when people support the show financially. So let's thank our executive producers for episode number 83 of MoFax with Adam Curry. We start off right away with a... Shot caller, 20-inch blades on the Impala. Big baller. Sironymous of Lower Slobovia, of Dogpatch and Lower Slobovia comes in uh, for the second time, I believe, uh, supporting the show, which is unbelievable, with $3,000. Holy moly. Mini was, money phone. What was can, can I get a Nextel chirp, please? Oh. I have a mini money phone from uh <laughs> Hold on, I don't have. I should have the. Truth. Let me explain to you what the money phone is. That's when they take a stack of cash <laughs> and put it up to their ear like a phone. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> There's your chirp. Uh, was there a note with this uh, very generous yes. contribution? It says from anonymous. Thank you. Period. And it's stained with fresh blue ink from nice. the stack of Benjis. <laughs> Bruh, that's the biggest baller. I mean, I don't think anybody's no top that so he's officially the biggest baller biggest ball man this guy is and he's mysterious he supported no agenda he supported podcasting 2.0 uh mo facts um whoever you are Seronymous, we really really appreciate it that really helps certainly during the summer months big deal and just thank you i mean just thank you just thank you i mean that's that's his note that's beautiful that's beautiful but just, I know you may be a little confused how the list is set up. Uh, oh, yeah. The I, next I, few people. Oh, no, I, compl- people- I, I completely turned it all around. So I screwed that up. <laughs> I think you did. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, let me uh, see if I can redo that then. Uh, okay. They should be red. Yes, I've, I've got the red. St- now, what do, you, what do you want me to do with the red stuff here? Yeah, because <clears throat> those are people we appreciate all value and all sizes. Uh, those are people that donated through Venmo. And I missed their donations the last show. Ah, okay. So I wanted to put them right to the top. I, I segmented it by more than $50 and less than $50. Yes, I So got what's going to happen is we're going to thank them up front. I think it's four people. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get to whoever's next on this show. Because okay. if we make a miss, we'll make good on it. Uh, and we will make good on it. You got it. All right. So we start now with uh, 69 from Jeffrey Coyne. Yes, uh, that's it. Who says, uh, Mo Karma and a big vinegar dedouching, please. <laughs> keep, keep up the great show. Well, but, but we, we usually de-deadbeat on this show. So if you don't mind, you know, I'll, I'll give you a de-deadbeat with some vinegar there. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. <laughs> You've got Mo Karma. Big vinegar. Brian from work says, love this show. Awesome Will Smith slap breakdown. I've sent it to several people. I should have sent this a while ago, but Dark Horse podcasted a good breakdown of mis, dis, and malinformation. Episode mm-hmm. 119, about one hour and 40 seconds. Okay, thank you very much. And it's $50 from Brian from work. Thank you, Brian. 
Hannah L, uh, $50, lightning bolt and headphone emoji. <laughs> Is that what came through on the Venmo? Yes. I, l- I love that. <laughs> lightning bolt. Nice. Scott R says, thank you. I'm learning a lot and $50 from him. We're sorry we missed you guys. Uh, and uh, we're caught up with that. Now we have and, uh, yeah. ab- absurd observations with $250. Beautiful. Check email for note. Did you have an email from absurd observations? I sent you an email with a note. <clears throat> Let me see. Uh, Goodness. It's somewhere in my stack of papers here. I have, uh, I have Alexander, Sir Alexander. Oh, here it is. Yes, I got it. I'm sorry. I do have it. This is from the Desk of Absurd Observations. Dear Mo and Adam, I was compelled to send in some value for value. Again, this time under the name I'd prefer being used, see above. You got it. Um, in the last two episodes, numbers 80 and 81, wow, you're bringing the fax machine to life, and I realize how much work this takes. The respect and love you both show each other during these is sorely lacking element in the world today. We need more of this. And the pussification of America, I say, often sigh. Keep it going. I'm here for it. P.S. Uh, hashtag plebs. Donate. WTF you waiting for, slackers. P.S.S. Mo, would you like some banana nut bread? <laughs> so, <laughs> so he can choke on it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's this. Yeah. <laughs> Love and lit to all. All right. Not thank cool. You. No, man. But thanks for the value. Uh, Sir Alexander of Middle Cascadia and Sir Alexander... Uh, sent us $200, and here's his note. Uh, even though he says it's not necessary to read, I think we should. Greetings, not necessary to read on the show. Uh, Mo, here's a copy of the letter I sent to Adam sometime between his move from Austin to the Hill Country. So, my bold prediction is you've never seen the letter. Did I not forward it to you? I'm terrible with emails. Uh, Hell, we love Adam to death, but I suspect he couldn't find his ass with both hands in the daylight without his wonderful keeper, let alone while trying to move, etc. Thank goodness for keepers, because I'm in the same boat. I hear you, brother. And I'm in that boat with you. (laughs) And that boat is not leaking. The keeper keeps the boat afloat. Housekeeping. Pretty sure I screwed up the Joe Rogan date in my original letter. Should have been September 2020. Long story. Why I screwed it up involved a five-day stay in intensive care. I'll fill you in someday if you really want to know. Give up the great work. Mad love, Sir Alexander of Middle Cascadia. And he says, found the lost tapes on BitChute. Thank you. Yes, soon to be on uh, Podcasting 2.0. Yes. And let me stop for a minute since we're speaking to Keepers. Can I get a biscuit? One of the biggest and warmest biscuits for my wife. Mrs. Facts, whose birthday is today. I think. Uh, and if you're listening, I love you, honey. They always give me a biscuit on my birthday. Oh, so sweet. And he does. Thank you. And he does. Thank I, you. I, I have it on good authority. He does. <laughs> Happy birthday, Miss Facts. Mrs. Facts. Uh, onwards, 174.29, interesting number. Bernadine Cerny says, Mo and Adam, I want to thank you for opening my white and crusted eyes to, <laughs> to some things. It's scales, not crusty. To some things that I never would have even thought have about. have for that. <laughs> yeah, right. This podcast <laughs> really is like taking a college-level class, but far superior to anything U.S. colleges could or would offer these days. I've started listening to episodes twice just to make sure I didn't miss anything. I'm making this donation in honor of my husband for, the, for Father's Day. Adam will know me as Dame Blackhammer on the No Agenda side, but uh, I'm no Dame on Mo Facts. Mrs. Blackhammer will have to do. Happy Father's Day to my loving husband and the father of my 10 human resources, eight on the ground, two in heaven. See, Mike, I love that you love me and I love you right back. Please D deadbeat us. You got it. 
Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. Keep the fire going. God bless numerology. Husband was born in 74 and two and nine are his favorite numbers. So just for for the value, uh, I should stick a one in front of that. Wish it could be more. Uh, This is Black Hammer. Thank you so much. They're lovely. Uh, and they, they're always at meetups and all the kids are running around like nut jobs they're, and they do jingles. They're very funny. It's a great family. Yeah. yeah I appreciate that. Yeah. We love having, yeah, we love Ooh. having, yeah. We love I got having four. Well, I don't know how you do it. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. We all know that you don't do it, Mo. We all know oh, yes, it's Mrs. Fax who run, runs the house. <laughs> yes, this <laughs> runs, is true. Runs the kids. Ah, uh, thank you very much. DDR M, $150. No, no, but we really appreciate that. Nicole, Nicholas Robinson, also $150. Keep up the great work, Mo. Please D deadbeat me, Sir Carries. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. Christian Jacobson, uh, 12345. He says, for all the entertainment and knowledge, love the show. Um, and uh, that's it. He sent a private note and email, so I presume you got that. Yes, I did. Anonymous comes in with a row of sticks, one eleven eleven. Please keep me anonymous. You got it. Making good on my end of the value proposition. Hit me with a cancel cannon. Sloppy Q. Oh, <laughs> I guess Sloppy Q is the uh, is the anonymous name. Love that. Yes. <laughs> Philip B. Brown, also known as uh, Kilo India, uh, Kilo One. Is it one? Kilo India 5 November TX. I think I think it's TX. Uh oh. Uh oh. The, <laughs> well, ham- the hamsters are going to get you. Well, I don't I can't, know. Don't get me for calling you hamsters. I can't see oh, if but- it's an I or a one. It must be an I. So it's Kilo India 5 November Tango X Ray. Please D deadbeat me. That one I understood. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. We've got 110 from Walter Fawcett of the West who says, Mo, thanks for the creative and interesting content. Gen X here grew up under the doctrine of MLK. Enjoy your takes on where we are today and where we seem to be going. I too refuse the jab, but was able to keep my job with a religious exemption. A donation here to help out and a recurring amount monthly as well. I thank you for the knowledge you bring to the table every episode. All the best from uh, oh, not Walter. Water. Water faucet of the West. There we go. <laughs> I like water faucet. I, Walter's pretty funny, too. Yeah. Water faucet. Thank so, um, you, just, water faucet. Since you mentioned that, we got a lot of new subscriptions. That's great. Excellent. Uh, and we had just, this is PayPal data only, just to let people know how the value is coming. Uh, half of the do- uh, uh, producers were uh, new producers. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, half, half the people that sh- shared value this month were new. So a lot of D-dead beating going on. That's nice. And well, welcome to the party, pals. And uh, and a thanks everybody who's been uh, propagating the formula, letting everybody know about uh, about MoFax. And I see that and a lot. And that's why I share the information. Yeah, I see that a that's, lot that's, on Twitter. Yep. It's so, I love it so much when people are plugging the show. And like, you know, you, you got to get schooled. <laughs> <laughs> Parents would be proud. Well, sadly, they're not around to witness. Well, not in person. Um, we got two more here on the executive producers. We got John Nunley, $100, little value for value to keep the fax machine running. Appreciate that. And Pamela M uh, with $100. Did she send in a card for us? Yes, she did. And it is a card. It has a uh, nice 
pink heart on it. On the inside, it says, love you both. Aw. Thank you love very the much, cards. Pamela. And we have one last executive producer. That's Robert Steger. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, and he came in with three donations combined to make 100. Holy crap. Okay, he's on here again with uh Yes, yeah, 50, 25, and 25. First ah, one says, I gotcha. sorry. I gotcha. Okay, uh, so we'll yeah. put him, let me make sure I put him in here then as well. That's why I did it like that, because... Yeah. Uh, this is this is what caused the most uh, anxiety <laughs> of any any part of the show is putting the donation list because I'm I was kicking myself for missing people last time. It is hard. That's it, my it, worst nightmare. It's a lot of uh-huh. it's a lot of it, it, that's the one thing. The systems are so dispersed it becomes a little complicated. So we're doing our best. If we miss you, just send us a note. We'll fix it right up. And you go right to the top of the list. And we got Betty S with nine nine dot nine nine. We appreciate that, Betty. Um, you know, I'm uh, if you don't mind, uh, I'm just gonna chip in here. I'm gonna give uh, I'm gonna give Betty that extra penny so she begin as executive executive producer. There you go. If you don't mind, uh, Amy M, eighty three dollars. Hey, Mo and Adam, these are associate executive producers for episode eighty three show club. Oh, and a show club donation for eighty three. Yes, indeed. Bravo for eighty two. I think hating Disney princesses early on saved me. It's not my first donation, but still need a D-dead beating. Thank you very much for the show. Woosa for all. Congratulations. You're no longer a dead beat. Woosa. 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 Kyle Stefano, also known as Dame Girl Kyle. Kylie? Kyle? I forget. I think it's Kylie. Mm-mm. It's Ky- we do this wrong all the time. No, it's Kyle. She's going to chastise you in the letter. No, so it's prepare, Kyle. Prepare. I got it. Thanks for the love from Dame Girl Kyle. <laughs> My name seems to cause Adam some continued hilarious confusion. It's just Kyle. No extra I in there. Not like Kylie Minogue or Kardashian. Got it. Just like Kyle, the historically dude's name. I'm a girl named Kyle. Boy named Sue. I'll never forget now. Girl named Kyle. Boy named Sue. Adam needs to stop with the gender normative naming and do the work. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, Adam. You're my boo. Love you guys. Thank you, Kyle. Girl name. Dame girl name, Kyle. Uh, Now I'll remember it. I hope. Jonathan Ferris with a boob donation. 80.08. Greetings from the Baron of Southwest Kansas and Oklahoma Panhandle. Can I get a biscuit for my belated birthday? They always give me a biscuit on my birthday. Turned 49 on June 5th. I also love boobs. Any color. <laughs> Tyler Boyd missed the boobs but came in with $80 uh, for keeping in for keeping it trucking Mo from Istanbul, Turkey. Istanbul. All right. Uh, we should say Turkey Yay. It's the new way to pronounce turkeys, turkey A. They've rebranded. Did you know this? What? I did not know this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and they're doing a deal now with Sweden and with uh, Finland. And they're, yeah, oh, yeah. So they've, uh, now they're, you know, their money is collapsing. So you might as well rebrand when that happens. <laughs> so it's turkey A. Yes, you added, add an A at the end now. <clears throat> so we will try to keep that up. Thank you very much, uh, Tyler. And uh, send us a boots on the ground report, man. Uh, so there's Jeffrey Coyne with his 69, who we uh, thanks uh, from his previous donation. Brandon S., $60.88. No note for him. Gene Cables, $53.37. Uh, and that's Australian dollars to U.S. dollars. 
he might be giving uh, Anonymous a run for his money. <laughs> <laughs> on the I, I, think, I think it is like eight thousand uh, Australian dollary dues. Right. We laugh. It might be close. We laugh, Gene, but we feel really bad for you. We really oh, we're do. we're suffering just like you are. Trust me. Uh, I might become Moe if we, that's what you do. If your money collapse, you change your name. Right. Uh, <laughs> My goodness. Um, Anonymous M, who would like a dedouching? We de dead here at the Mo Show. Congratulations! You're no longer. A deadbeat. Capital T, $50. And these are, again, associate executive producers for episode 83. It's a real title. You can use it any way. We'll vouch for you. Please accept this value from a regular lowlander mofo. As a future soon-to-become dad of a baby girl, I'm taking notes. I really appreciate the works. Keep that fax machine buzzing. Just a little karma will do from Ramon. Well, of course, Ramon. Thank you so much, man. And congrats on the forthcoming human resource. Mo Karma. Uh, Douglas Mook, $50, Kevin Shade, 50 Kyle Mann, and that would be a dude named Kyle, I guess. You sure no. about that? We'll just call him Kylie. <laughs> just try to mess it all up. <laughs> Kyle Mann, $50, Lee Harwood, $50, and then we have Tyrone Carr with 50 First donation, I have to say that as an ADOS black gay conservative, listening to you and Adam discuss all of these deeply relevant topics on your show is oddly comforting, inspiring. And immensely valuable. The show often reminds me of many 2 a.m. conversations I have with my dad and brothers while we all get together during the holidays. What you're doing is an essential public service. Keep pressing on, Ty Carr. Thanks, Ty. That's real cool, man. Appreciate that. And we're very diverse with our audience. We love that. William Taylor, $50, no note, no confessions. Uh, and that's it. I think that's our, our executive and associate executive producers for episode number 83. I do want to thank a couple of our boosters because this is, this is really a great way to support the show is get a podcasting 2.0 app right now. Um, we're suggesting you either get to actually start with fountain, you have fountain.fm. It's very easy. In fact, you can even earn uh, earn sats, earn satoshis by listening to other podcasts, which you can then boost over here to uh, MoFax with Adam Curry. You can very easily uh, get some coins in there from your cash app. I think these days PayPal may even be able to do it. Uh, it's the future. Find a new app at newpodcastapps.com. What's great about it is, is the minute you feel that you want to send some love, you can just hit the button Instead of, you know, going to PayPal or getting the cash app and looking it all up, it's a one, one action. And you can do it multiple times. And Dreb Scott hit it big today with 555,555 sats. Uh, I think that's a... Baller, shot caller, 20-inch blades on the Impala. We love it, Dreb. Thank you very much. And he actually did that from the Fountain app. He says, you keep blowing my mind. Boost. <laughs> Uh, Dreb Scott again with a row of ducks, 222,222 sats. Castomatic was the app he used this time. Another great episode. Keep on keeping on. Auburn Citadel, 49,490. Boost. You got it, brother. Merlin, 47,247 Satoshi. Switching my cash app monthly to a boost. I think you all prefer that. Yes, we do. Thank you very much, because now is the time to boost. Boost that dip. It's beautiful for us now. 
Boost that dip. <laughs> boost the dip, baby. Yeah. That need to be on a t-shirt. Boost yeah, that dip. Boost the dip. <laughs> uh, hemp money, 44,000 sats. Uh, love is lit. Thank you very much, hemp money. At the time, that was a $9.21 boost. I'm sure that's significant, so I'll make sure I mention it. Uh, we have a couple of other boosts here from uh, Headloon, 35,000. We've got, uh, oh, this was cool. Sir Dwayne Melanson, who boosted 33,333 multiple times for a total of 433,329 sats. Impala, on the In the morning, he says, and woosa, this episode has been very enlightening. I feel much more informed about the manosphere and black manosphere now. This, of course, was uh, uh, our last episode. I can definitely see a continuation of the, of the destruction of the nuclear family and traditional family values. Are you, uh, no, keep up your important work here. By the way, voice dictation first, but I was saying man is fear. <laughs> that seems pretty congruent with what y'all are talking about. So he's trying to dictate manosphere and it says man is fear. Oh, that's funny. Uh, one more thing I've discovered that y'all is probably the most inclusive pronoun there is. Thank God I grew up in the South. Y'all. Yeah, I guess it is. As long as you say that y'all. Is true. You, yeah, that's a very good point. I love it. Uh, there's Chad Farrow with 20,000 sats. Thanks, Chad. Sir Wags, does this thing actually work, he says, and gives us 15,033. May this podcast never be sponsored by Macy's, says Eric P. with 15,000 <laughs> sats from Breeze. We appreciate that. Auburn Citadel with another uh, four, uh, 14,949. He loves those numbers, man. Green Bear, hoch die anarchy, 10,000 sats. German for anarchy. Uh, Brian Mossy, 10,000. Keep the fantastic material coming. Are you guys just stacking sats like podcasting 2.0 or either Mo Adam drawing down, just trying to decide if boosting supports Mo and fam or if he needs some fiat fun coupons as well? Well, we do consider the boost to be the retirement plan. Yes. So I, I leave that up to you if you would prefer people to send uh, fiat because we're not drawing down. That's for sure. No. So, uh, it's all the same to me. Okay, there you go. <laughs> value is value, right? We, right don't, we don't decide how you get value. But boosting the dip is a good idea. Um, Put it on a t-shirt. That's right. 10,000 from Headloon again. Timmy, 2383 with 10,000. Bless you for your work. Uh, 8008 from Dave Ackerman. Value for value. Episode 82, Lover of America. Satoshis and Boobs. Uh, Sir Wags, Roundy needed to see how this works. So I guess he was doing a demo for 5,000 sats to show Roger Roundy. I love that. Everyone helping each other out. Um, D-Land, 3,500. Not sure if my last boost went through, but I'm happy to send another. Mo Sats for Mo Fax. <laughs> One of the best podcasts on the net. Hello from Seattle. And we say hello to you in Seattle as well. Uh, those are our boostograms uh, again. Uh, and newpodcastapps.com is where and you heard. There's multiple that work really well. If you're just getting into it, you might enjoy Fountain Fountain.fm. Thank you all so much again for supporting episode 83 of MoFax with Adam Curry. We could not do it without you, and uh, we can't do it without you. So keep that coming. We'll thank the rest of our donors in our second segment. Actually, I should mention. Mofax.com directly to our donation page, mofundme.com, M O U F U N D M E.com. All right. So we're 
have to look at the agenda that's been going on, and I say that word purposely, um, to run gay and black together. And to do that, we got to go back to show eight once again. This is Michael Eric Dyson, the word salad man set himself. Yeah. Uh, and this is when he was pushing, is gay the new black? Um, I understand the tensions on both sides. You know, black folks say, can we have something? Can we get something that's ours? Ain't nobody appropriating all the time. They took jazz. Can we keep the civil rights thing? Uh, everybody ain't black. Now, here's, here's the thing that I think a lot of black people miss, is that it's real flattery for people to try to compare themselves to black people. You know, hey, we want to be black. We're down like them. It's an insult to a lot of black people. Like, hey, it ain't the same thing, though, dog. So slow down with that. What's interesting to me, though, is that many African-American people forget that the civil rights movement itself was borrowed, right? Then, then pay some, some royalties to Mahatma Gandhi, because that's where King got it. Okay. So this is when they started rebranding uh, and trying to work the intersectionality Mm -hmm. because as some people may know, uh, the fact that black people are more uh, religious people by uh, percentage, there is some apprehension about accepting gay so (laughs) okay uh can i put it another way yes from the outside the view is the culture of black men if they're not gay is this shut up about being gay yeah and the reason why and there's some well let's just go ahead and talk about it yeah we might as well yeah so so hold on hold on hold on let me Make sure Thank no one you else for getting hears that this. door. We got to make yes. sure no one hears this shit. <laughs> right. So you said at the beginning of the show, you brought up lynching. Yes. Where there was a specific form of lynching called butt breaking, where they would take the biggest, strongest slave and rape them mm-hmm. in front of everybody. And that this case or this situation with um, Andrew Gillum had innuendo to that. And the, that is where some of the apprehension of being associated with gay and black for black men, especially when it involves white men. It, you know, like it has a real like, uh, like, uh, okay. Now what was that? What imagery, was that called? What was that called? It's called butt breaking. Butt breaking? Buck. Oh, B-U-C-K. Buck breaking. Buck breaking. Buck breaking. Like a buck, like a large oh, animal. Oh, okay. Well, you know, and, I'm glad you, you brought this up because I had no idea. This is a very important historic, this is very important historical context. Because I've always wondered, you know, what's the problem? Okay, I see. So if this was something that was done by white men to black men to break the buck, the biggest, the strongest slave... With anal rape is what you're telling me. Yes. Uh, I can see how that image alone, just the image alone in your mind would be totally triggering, super triggering. Right. Because it's. Damn. I never knew about this. Yeah. So, and that's, and Andrew Gillum being a large man, it even Uh, played into that more. Wow. Yes. And, (laughs) and, And so 
that's where some of the apprehension, and like I say, it's relig- it's some some of it's religion. It's very it's a very multi uh um, yeah multiple factors multi multi triggering you know yeah. it could be either you know what i said before about butt breaking it could be uh pushed back due to religion and faith so yeah so that that's part of it and so the lgbt community had to whittle whittle away at this apprehension and this is one of the formats is it is gay the new black Okay, um, I got you. Now. And it, it also feeds into the intersexuality uh, that also comes up to say, well, we have shared experiences. Oh, okay. Hold on a sec. Are we, are we good? Can I open the door again? Yes, please. Hey, everybody. Just a little stuff behind the door. Don't worry about it. Glad we got that out of the way. So, uh, <laughs> also, whew, took care of that. Yeah. So now you have Michael Eric Dyson is pushing this thing. And to do that, he's actually tearing away at Martin Luther King saying, yeah. well, it's borrowed from Mahatma Gandhi, who Gandhi was a huge racist himself. Go look at some of his earlier uh, work in South Africa. Yeah. So that, that was like, okay, well, King and Mahatma Gandhi, but was he not aware of what Gandhi, and we talked about that thing on show eight, but let's fast forward and listen to the second clip of Michael Eric Dyson making the sale to, you know, for intersectionality. I think that uh, gay, back, gay people do black people a favor. And first of all, let's, what are we forgetting here? Some gay people happen to be black. Uh, duh. It is not like they told them, oh, you're gay. You don't have to go to the back. Stay up front with us. <laughs> because you're looking awful delicious today. Damn. <laughs> You go to the head of the bus. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't make the news. I'm just reporting right here. Oh, no. They ain't got no exemption. James Baldwin spoke for black people as a black gay man. Barbara Smith now, Audre Lorde, without Bayard Rustin, straight black people would never enjoy the rights they enjoy now. Adam Clayton Powell called Martin Luther King Jr. up and said, I'm going to tell a lie. That you and Bayard Rustin are having an affair if you don't put him out. But wait, wasn't that true? What, with Bayard Rustin and King? Yeah. No, well, I don't know about the relationship. He, the guy, I know he, the fact that he, he was, was gay. He was super gay. That's why they picked him up, right? He was super open gay, too. Yeah. <laughs> super um, gay. I'm sorry that I said that. He was super gay. <laughs> no, what I mean, for the times, I mean, <laughs> for the times... To be that open yeah. and to be black, yeah. I mean, you could <laughs> you could classify him as that because, and that's what um, Adam Clayton Powell didn't like, and that's why Bayard Rustin had to play the the shadows, right? Because like, whoa, whoa, you can't be Reverend Doctor Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. Reverend and hanging out with an openly gay man. Who you know has some nefarious dealings himself, and, and if I re- um, if I recall correctly from episode eight, it's been a mm-hmm. while. Um, it it was really him who had a lot of the ideas, and Martin Luther King was the one who brought that to the people. Yeah, he was more of the the uh, speaker, right? And, yeah, but the but, uh, Bayard Rustin was the he had the communist ties, right? A lot of this came from A. Philip Randolph. I mean, he was playing a march in Washington way before then. Mm-hmm. But that's where, you know, uh, Alec Clayton Powell was aware, like, you can't be a reverend and and piling around because this will hurt our movement. 
that that was the you know uh, right. what he was trying to do yeah, that because was, yeah it, that was the threat I got it for the I mean the same time out in the sixties uh, so th- this is where I found another interesting point with the Gillum case because in a times two thousand eighteen that's why I said it was more of a feature for him to come out and be like oh yeah I'm gay as well as well as a black man and, you know, the youngest politician to do X, Y, and Z. Right. It, it should have, it should have been a judge, another great box to check off. Right. But the way they had to play it was totally different than, than you would expect. And this is, um, former star, rising star, democratic, excuse me, former rising democratic star speaks out. This is from good morning America. Back now with Tamron Hall and her exclusive interview with Andrew Gillum. The Democratic Rising Star's career came to an abrupt halt when he was discovered in a Miami hotel room with someone who suffered a drug overdose. Tamron's going to join us live in a moment. First, Diane Macedo has the details. Wow, nice way to put it. He was in, found in a hotel room with someone who suffered a drug overdose? Someone? <laughs> right. This is good. Are we ready to flip Florida blue? He was poised to make political history the first black nominee in a major party to run for governor in Florida. A rising star in the Democratic Party, Andrew Gillum came within striking distance of the governor's mansion during a hotly contested race in 2018. He lost to Republican Ron DeSantis by less than half a percentage point. RJ and I uh, wanted to take a moment uh, to congratulate uh, Mr. DeSantis. The 41-year-old husband and father was later floated as a possible VP contender. But behind the scenes, Gillum's life was unraveling. In the early hours of March 13th, police found him inebriated in this Miami Beach hotel room with two other men. A photo of Gillum in a compromising position was leaked for the world to see. Gillum denied ever taking methamphetamines, but checked into a rehab facility for treatment of alcoholism and depression. So he was a possible VP uh, pick, huh? Yeah. I didn't realize that makes sense. I mean, it makes plenty of sense. And notice somebody's somebody's disappeared. You didn't catch that. They said he found him with two other men. Before it was him, the the, the, um, The escort, and two other men. Oh, right. So there's one person that's gone. Right. Right. All of a sudden, it's like, how does that happen? (laughs) Maybe I'm listening too much. No, I don't, I don't no, know. I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I'm I'm all in that this is a massive cover up. But now so it gets I'm, more interesting that he he was possible. And I I have to take uh, ABC's word at it that uh, he was a potential VP pick. Yes, and it was a whole nother can of worms. I didn't even pre think since you harping on the uh, not harping, but. Well, I mean, raising he, the he, point of the VP, he would have been who, a heck of a who, lot better than Kamala. Be, who's he, well, exactly? Whose way will he be in? Yeah, he could would, this be the Coven? Well, the, yeah, nobody wanted Kamala, so could the Coven have done this to him? Hmm, they're pretty. Because I didn't even, I didn't even stick stick on the VP thing. Yeah, but you bring pretty, up an excellent yeah, point. Pretty powerful, <laughs> man. It could be. I don't know. It's it's possible. Whose way could he be in? Ugh. Wow, like that's, that's I, I you pick, got me on that. One. I really feel bad for Gillum now. <laughs> he really he really got worked over. All right, so I think we stopped at one. Let's get into the second part. Now, six months later, Andrew Gillum is making his first television appearance, sitting down in an exclusive interview with Tamron Hall talking about the night that changed his life. What do you want people to know about the purpose 
your intention when you went to that room? I would say the reason why I went to that room is probably no different than how anybody might communicate with someone that they are in a friendship, relationship, whatever, with. Um, I understand very well what people assume about that. When that photo came out, I didn't recognize the person on the floor. That was not anything more than a person being at their most vulnerable state, unconscious, having given no consent, and someone decided to use a moment where I was literally lying in my own vomit. And when you first saw it, <laughs> I don't know how you're still standing. I don't know how. You, you've, you're still here. I'm still here, <laughs> by the grace of God. Um, so much of my recovery has been about trying to get over shame. Shame is not that I did bad, but I am bad. And Gillum also credits therapy with getting him to a better place, as well as his wife, who's also sitting down with Tamron Hall. Now, how long ago did this come out? This came out the following year. I mean, the following few months. He went into rehab. Okay. And then he came out, and then uh, Tamron Hall got the exclusive interview with him. Got but it. it's something that I found very interesting when he says he was laid out. That image. So like I said, that's that butt-breaking mm-hmm, imagery mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. uh, and then he says that, how did he put it? He says, like, somebody did it to him. The way he's talking, like, he didn't say I got drunk or high or whatever and passed out. No, what he's ultimately, because he's at the end, he's kind of saying, well, I'm bad, though. You know, I'm bad. Even It's kind of like, you know, I couldn't really help what happened here. In a way. And then he said, I went to talk to no one more like when you go talk to a person. Now, I got to push back on that because it's like when I go talk to my friends, I don't end up, you know, face down in my vomit. Uh, excuse me for being <laughs> not on a weekday. <laughs> yeah. And I'm saying like, no, nah, we ain't gonna play that game. But if somebody did this to you, then you need to come out and say it. And the reason why I played the Michael Eric Dyson's clip first was this is him holding the line. Yes, he got, he, they, but, say, they saved his ass and he's he's towing the line for sure. Right. And he has to you know hold the party line of every, you know, of you know, everything is fine. It's not they made a bigger deal than it was made out of it. But I just the way like I don't recognize that person. He's using all this like coded language mm-hmm. uh, that I found just strange in how he described the situation. Uh, and then he's like, I'm not bad. I did bad. Like, you know, that's that speaking to the to the gay part of it or the bisexual part of it. So mm. um, he is somebody sat down with him, of course, and coached him on the talking point. Oh, yeah. Because he really didn't take any blame for it. But I still think I, I think it's a strong possibility that he was a victim of some kind of setup. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so I guess we can get to part three. Okay, Diane, thanks very much. Let's bring in Tamron Hall right now. Tamron, quite an interview right there. We hear Andrew Gillum talking about his recovery there. What does he say happened in that room? 
I mean, he goes into limited details about the event because there was someone else in the room. But he does, George, open up very candidly about what he says was a spiral <laughs> of his life after he lost that gubernatorial race, the impact that it had on his marriage. His wife, RJ, will join us as well. He's a father of three. He doesn't skirt around it. As you know, you've done these types of interviews. It's uncomfortable to have someone with their loved one present tell the sordid details of what went on. But he goes there. We go there. There were no rules to this. It was more about a raw, real interview that he provided. And I think it will be one of the most compelling things that people will see. What? She did a heck of a sales job. <laughs> Go ahead. It's Go ahead. very compa- Well, if the first thing that struck me is, wow, that's a total replay of a Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. sitting on the couch, you know. When that, Which I find disgusting. Remember when that lamp came down and she and it's like he's like, I'm telling the truth and, and they're all telling the truth. And then this light comes crashing down like God struck it. <laughs> I forgot it's about a great that, but, moment. It's a great but, moment in broadcast history. But what I find disgusting is when these politicians roll their spouse out as like a prop. Well, you need to. I mean, and so he was still in the game. If you're not in the game, you don't do it. But if you're in the game, that's that's she also makes sacrifices. And it also it's not just limited to politics as well. It's also everything. Yeah, makes his way to celebrities and mm-hmm. even. Content creators, we saw this with uh, um, uh, Derek Jackson, who was the Kevin Samuels nemesis. Uh, he got caught up, and he had to bring his wife out and sit her beside him. So this is this is uh, what they call it: um, damage control one hundred and one. Yep, it's like you got, you got to get the spouse. To, you know, yes. Kobe Bryant did it the best. <laughs> he got his wife an eight million dollar ring. He was like, "You, you gonna be here beside hey, me?" Hey, but baby. you know, uh, <laughs> eight million, yeah, eight million dollars. Yeah. So that'll do it. Yeah, that'll keep me loyal. Y- yeah. So I guess we can get to part four now. What's the future hold for him at this point? You know, that's that's the question. I mean, will voters hear his explanation? And accept it. I'm not sure if he wants to re-enter the political world, but you know, politics, TV, people get addicted to it for various reasons. And I do believe he wants to, in some way, have his voice heard. You know, he was the youngest elected official African-American in Florida's history at 23 years old. He was an elected official. He believes this is his calling, but this fall from grace certainly counters that. I think his wife has been a great protector and supporter. And what she reveals about their relationship and his rise to political fame is also something that in my 30 years of being a journalist, I've not heard from a political spouse. So it is compelling. It's a part of our season two premiere of a a huge week of explosive interviews where we come to the table and we say this is about living your life, not defending your life. But most important to us on this show, let's talk about it. Wow. It sounds really compelling, as you said. Tamron, thanks very much. Good luck on the new season. Also, happy birthday this week. Wow. Thanks, George. Can we get her a biscuit? (laughs) (laughs) They always give me a biscuit on my birthday. Sure. Happy birthday. Um, So, living your not life, how she put it, living your life not. Oh, I I don't remember. It was more, it was, it was, it was, it seemed like it was a fed line. It's right at the end. Let's hear it one more time. Sure. 
What's the future hold for ending your life? But most important, come to the table and we say this is about living your life, not defending your life. But most important to us. There it is. Uh, Living your life, not defending your life. That would be the the gay gay thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. So his wife and him, they do something I've never seen before. And as Tamarin said, uh, in 30 years, she hadn't seen it. They take a a unique uh, angle on this. Um, anything you want to say before we get into no, the next clip? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm ready for the unique angle. <laughs> 26. The truth is, is that, Tamron, everyone believes the absolute worst about that day. At this stage, I don't have anything else to have to conceal. I, I literally got broken down to my most bare place. To the place where I wasn't even sure that I Stop. wanted to live. Broken, I heard it. Broken down to down. my very bare Broken. place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, buck break right there. Do you think he's okay, sig- just, you think he's signaling that or is that subliminal? I think he is. Seal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I literally got broken down to my most bare place. To the place where I wasn't even sure that I wanted to live, not because of what I had done, but because of everything that was being said about me. What was most hurtful was this belief that I was somehow living a lie in my marriage and in my family. Um, That was the most hurtful to me because I believe we're all entitled to mistakes. Um, and I believe we're entitled to those mistakes without having every other respectable and redeeming part of our lives invalidated. And I felt like the love that I have between my wife and I, my family, but most important, the authenticity that I've tried to lead with was all in question at this point. And not even in question anymore. Something else had been assumed by that. And to be very honest with you, when you didn't ask the question, um, you put it out there, is whether or not I identify as gay. And the answer is, I don't identify as gay, but I do identify as bisexual. And that is something that I have never shared publicly before. Okay. He, he should get the monkeypox vaccine. Never seen that done before in politics. And I think he had to do that to salvage his political career. Because oh, oh, if totally, he says, totally. I'm yes. not gay or not bisexual, then he appears as a closeted, self-hating gay man. Right. So what he's what he's saying here is, yeah, I'm bisexual. I just you know I didn't hang it up on from the highest tree, and you know it's like it's what it is. Did Correct. She, did his wife say anything about that? Did she have any? Was there any questioning of her? She did say she knew, and he told her beforehand they okay. got married. Okay. Which there's this big push now. Should black women, because we talked about last time that there's a perceived and maybe even real a shortage of men a, a quality men i mean you how you call how you qualify quality you know so should black women consider marrying bisexual men oh. and it was a pushback against that like no we shouldn't and that goes to say uh, the grassroots are not reacting the way uh, 
leadership expects or how the leadership has promised. Right. And that's why I was saying maybe this is a cleaning up of all the old politicians because they're seen being seen as ineffective. Mm. It's time to change because these new these ideas, you like with Roe, we saw that reaction. Yeah. Uh with the crime, we're seeing um the unexpected reaction there. Now we have to be careful with that because that's how the crime bill 1.0 started. But it's conservative views are being more accepted with the grassroots. Mm-hmm. And so Oh, I see what you're saying. It's a marketing problem. Yeah, it's a very I mean cause the, the 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 group think is is weakening. Mm. And I have to say that's due to one because of social media super clips. Uh, yeah. yeah. Shows like this where we, people go and show, oh, this is a game, this is a scam, this is a um spell that they're trying to keep you herded into a certain type of type of mentality. Uh and this it really speaks to the ineffectiveness of the mainstream media, which is the the propaganda yep, machine. Yep, yep. Wow. I'm so glad you're 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 doing all this because it it really went by me and it it wouldn't have I mean there's so much depth to it because he's black mm-hmm. that I was unaware of. It's really an interesting case. Yeah, and the fact that once again he play he's playing ball. There's no need to detonate him at this point. I haven't heard anything. <laughs> he's like, okay, I'll come out of bisexual. It's good, okay. good point. Yeah, no need to detonate. I like that. It, it doesn't make any. That's what baffled me, and and I had to see see what's going on here. So now we get to speak to his wife in 27. When you saw that picture, where were you? I was at home. Alone? I was. And I knew something was wrong because a number of friends had reached out to do that. I'm just checking on you. Because it was hard to see. It's my husband. The strongest man I know. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to see. What did you see in that photo? Um, that he was helpless. Um, honestly, I got angry. I thought he was being taken advantage of in a way that was unfair. I thought that this whole situation, if it had happened to a woman, it would be a very different narrative. Meaning? If anyone had a tabloid with a woman lying naked on the floor, would the pictures have even made it out? It would have been criminal. Hmm. Great point. <laughs> and I, I just looked at the pictures. I put them in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Man, this is a bunch of phony baloney stuff. You see that? So the pills, there's a uh, next to the bed, pill bottle on the bed. And uh, all the pills are in a little bunch next to it, but the pill bottle is up straight. I mean, it looks really staged. And also, I'm thinking. Oh, anyway, yes, we we don't what know. What we brought there. to mind that you say that now? Because I didn't get that deep into it. But when I first heard about the story, it made me think of the movie Ricochet. I haven't seen with, it. Uh, I haven't seen with it. Uh, Denzel Washington. Uh, another where movie he was I his watch. up and coming rise. It's old. It's one of his earlier films. Oh, and, I think I have seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, I can forget the guy who he shot, but he shot this white supremacist. 
And the guy was hell bent on ruining his life after that. And they set him up with a prostitute. Um, and like I said, they drugged him, took pictures right, of him. Right, right, right. Yeah, all these weird, weird, and we're saying all these different things. And that's what came to mind uh, as you were saying that. And then when I first heard of this story, like, is this is this a setup? Because he, I'm going to be honest with you, he doesn't seem like a meth user to me. Well, and, also, uh, also, no, he doesn't. And I think that if if you are a meth user, you, I don't, the, the throwing up thing is, to me, is more contingent. It would make more sense if he was really, really drunk. Or if there were some pills involved that he, you know, didn't know he was taking. I mean, he seems like he was an experienced, <laughs> experienced in some things. I don't know. I just, right. Just, you know, the whole beginning of this episode and then looking at the pictures, you put it together, go, ah, uh, that looks pretty staged. Once again, who was that fourth person in the room? <laughs> I, I know. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I, I have no idea. So let's go ahead and get into 28. Is that why you did not want him to reveal that he told you long before your marriage that he was bisexual? Um, not even that he told me, just for him to have to say it. I don't think it's anyone's business. I don't think it's fair to people who are not heterosexual or not assumed heterosexual that they should ever have to say or disclose what they are because of how judgmental people are. Um, I also know, and I think he mentioned it to you, that so many people just don't understand bisexuality. They think they can wrap their heads around gay. But bisexuality is just something different. How were you able to understand it when he presented it to you and then ultimately proposed Mm -hmm. and said, but you're the one, I think he said he told you, I choose you. Right. I just believe that love and sexuality exist on a spectrum. Um, All I care about is what's between us and what agreement do we make to be in relationship with each other. I watched an interview where you talked about God's plan. After all of this, after the words of shame Mm -hmm. directed at you, Andrew, and the questions that your children will ask when they're a little older, hopefully a lot older. We're not supposed to question God's plan. But have you questioned God's plan? All the time. Whoa. I got pretty deep. Yeah. Um, Where can I start? Because, yeah, I mean, here's here's the dichotomy. You've got, yes, God's plan, but homosexuality isn't supposed to be God's plan. Right. And she also said it shouldn't be a person's, a person shouldn't have to basically out themselves. Right. In a private life, yes. But when you're a politician, when you're going into that room to negotiate, or you're negotiating on the behalf of, quote, unquote, black people, are you saying, are you negotiating for the LGBT community. See, this was the big issue with Black Lives Matter because they led with Black Lives Matter. Right. But but really, they were pushing for everything but heterosexual men. Right. And as a heterosexual man, which is the thorn in the side of the Democrats right now and the people that are least likely to go along but is a much-needed chunk of that block vote, it's like, whoa, who who are you representing? 
and and it's not representing lifestyle it's representing somewhat in lifestyle because what I said about what the image of that can portray mm-hmm. but more when you go into that room and you, we're talking about negotiating for funds are you negotiating for LGBT funds right are you negotiating for quote unquote black funds mm-hmm. and they do this weird trick and I'm going to talk about it more on the other side of and when I say they I'm talking about the gay ink Let's just call them that, like we did Black Lives Matter Inc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When they go in that room, who are you negotiating for? Because it seems like one of the people you're representing is getting a lot of tangibles, <laughs> but the uh, but the others plank that you claim to represent is not getting any tangibles well, at but, all. But so this, that's why it becomes important. This is kind of the genesis of, of, of this entire podcast is, you know, it's all lip service. And what it really is, is uh, black America, please hold the door open. So all these other people can go through and it's the alphabet people first. Right. And, and it can say it, it, oftentimes it could be Jewish people. It could be feminists. It could be communists. You know, all kind of different agendas, but we're the person left holding the door is the heterosexual black male. Yeah. And 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 the fact that they use our image and and it's missed me, but that that was part of the George Floyd thing, him laid out like that. Mm-hmm. You know, him being like like actually laid out. That was that was part of that imagery and made it so powerful. To, for them to use for their promotion of other agendas. Right. So, uh, as same as this case. So, that's why it's important. Like I said, in your private life, that's on you. Uh, but in your in the public life, and we, especially when you're a politician, where you're negotiating for different lobby, I mean, you're negotiating with different lobby lobbies and negotiating for different agendas, we need to know how those agendas are prioritized when you go in that room. You know, if it's only a million dollars, who is that million dollars going to go to? Is it going to go to one or other or half and half? We need to know. And when you conceal that, so it I, let, doesn't let voters know, you know, saying what they're actually buying with their vote. Right. So how do you, what do you feel that uh, Gillum was doing here? Well, I'll answer that question on the other side <laughs> of the donation. <laughs> okay, I got you. I understand that there's some people out there who need my services. Yes, Lord. Are there any people out there who are weak? Yes. Yes. Any people out there who are weary? Yes. Any people out there who are tired? Yes. Yes. Any people out there who just need a hit? Yes. Yes. Y'all got cash. Yes. Well, then come on down. <laughs> All right, time to thank the rest of our producers for this episode number 83 of MoFax with Adam Curry. We are now at Tim Wright. Uh, with 4920, I think it's a uh, a translated number. He says a double LP donation, 66.66 Canadian, in memory of my best friend, Andrew Chisholm. He would have loved your show, your show so much. Whitest guy I know. Uh, he didn't grow up around many black people or, or, or any, really. He introduced me to so much good music, a lot of which was hip-hop and rap. I purchased The Miseducation of Lauren Hill on vinyl recently. Such an amazing, uplifting, and illuminating album. It's a very good album. When are you going to drop your first LP, Mo? <laughs> there you go. We want to know. Will you? One day. One, One day. day. 
Thank you for your courage. Love is lit. Tim Wright. P.S. I was talking to this black guy last night. Chocolate and I mentioned asking. Oh, I mentioned asking versus axing. I told him that axing dates back to the 1600s or so far as I know. He said as king. Hmm. Not quite sure I understand that one. My ass king. Like, that's how you pronounce uh, it. Pronounce as it. Ki- like, as king. king. Oh, I see. As king. I didn't. Oh, interesting. As king. The third variation. Third, we have a it. new variation. Yeah. Well, you know, we deconstructed. Ax is actually correct. It, it is how is how it, asking used to be axing in, in old English. Who knew? Who uh, knew? We go to Brandy Bledsoe, forty four, forty four. Thank you, Brandy. Anonymous E, forty one. Eric P with forty. Steel Simey with thirty six, sixty six. I uh, appreciate all you do from Steel in Melbourne. Uh, Rafael, Rafael Negron, brave man, Mo, keep doing what you do. $35. Thank you. D booth, 33, 33. Congrats, Mo, on your new freedom. Uh, it's like Trump's job, Al Sharp. Now we got to do Mo Fax stuff here, people. I'll give you a Usa. 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 There you go. Uh, we, got we do the, have some karma of the uh, Mo variety as well. Of course, of course we've got karma. <laughs> You've got Mo karma. Uh, Nathaniel B., uh, I think this is also a leftover from the episode we missed, $30. Did I mention him yep. earlier? I can't remember. Uh, no, that was from it episode. was separated by the, the oh, two okay. cutoffs. He says, love it. Thank you very much, Nathaniel. Sorry for missing you. Matt Baja. Uh, $30, fantastic job in 81 and 82. It's enlightening and yet entertaining too. I'm passing the word on to friends and family, Matt in San Diego. Thank you, Matt. Matthew M, $30. We have uh, Robert Sager, who we know is an executive producer today. He came in with a couple of uh, 25s, what happened to episodes one to four on Apple Podcasts. And he, he's uh, donating for the music alone, he says. Uh, one in four, uh, we're rebuilding something. <laughs> it'll, it'll come back. Eventually, it's uh, it's not it's not your mistake. It's not Apple's mistake. It's mine. And you can find them on YouTube or BitChute or somewhere else. Yes, if you can't find them. There, and so. you can find them on archive.mofax.com. I believe we have them there all in there. Uh, Chris Ariscog, twenty five dollars. James C, twenty five. Ryan Schoen, twenty two. Uh, episode episode twenty two. The Dream Maker is mind blowing. Thank you, Mo and Adam. Keep it going. Alex G, uh, 2082, sad puppy donation. Please D, deadbeat me. Yes, thank you. We missed it. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. Sam Smock, 2033. John C said, Aloha, Adam and Mo. Here in Hawaii, we have regained our freedoms for the time being. When are y'all coming to visit? Uh, and he says, poke or pokey. And that was also a poke. donation. Uh, a poke as in a Facebook poke. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Um, man, we haven't even met in person yet. We can't be traveling together just yet. We <laughs> take a while. Plus, y'all might turn the freedoms off while we're over there. It might be the plan. Like, exactly. <laughs> get them on the island. <laughs> Beatrice V or Beatrice 5, maybe, uh, sends us two donations. A previous one for 20 Mo Karma and a, a recent one with a thank you. And so we will hand out some Mo Karma to you. Thank you, Beatrice. You've got... Mocom, Dayton N, love the show. Keep up the work. Gerald P, great episode. That was also a missed donation. William P, fantastic show. Thank you. Andrea Jackson, $20. Benjamin mm-hmm. Keiter, uh, $20. Sent note as 
Uncredible Trucker through the website contact. Did you get that one? No, I didn't see that one. Okay. Uh, Brian Raza, Give Black Guns. Did we have, no, we do have a jingle. We do have a jingle. Yeah, we do have it. I got it right here. Do we have a panel? <laughs> Uh, let's see. Jackson Walgamot, $20. Thank you for your work. Jacob Hernandez, 20. Jennifer Cato, 20. John Ferretti, $20. D Deadbeat, please. You got it. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. Mark J. Asher, 1836. Brilliant show, 82, he says. Josiah Hendrickson, uh, 1634. GBG donation from a Joe the Electrician after being called out last episode. Thanks, Mo. Do we have a panel? Natalie R., $15. ITM, thanks for all you do. Daryl Keck, 15 Thanks for a great podcast. I learned so much with each episode when you said to cancel a subscription and donate that amount. I took the advice. Please send me karma. Thanks from Daryl K. <laughs> You've got Mo Karma. Shazir, 15 For the Machine. Benjamin Bateman, eleven eleven. Vincent Farrell, ten ten. Eric P. This is a different Eric P. $10. Mo knows. I mean, of course he does. Nicholas H., $10. Thanks for the service. David Jones, 10 Jacques Delille, $10. Jeremy Cavanaugh, 10 Robert Recchia, 10 Rorschach and Rory White Photography, 10 SV, 10 Terrace Lynch, 10 Vanessa Steinbach, 10 Thank you all for this. Mark J. Asher, 845 A cult fan. There he is. How you doing, brother? 803 uh, Ahmed Al-Jaharian's Donation. Ahmed Al-Jaharian's donation to MoFax83. What is uh, Ahmed Al-Jaharian? I, I have no hours leaning on you. My goodness, that's a cult fan, man. The guy is crazy. He'll, he'll, he'll let me know. He'll do a YouTube video. I know video Al but I don't know this Al. <laughs> Does anyone want to go dancing in the goddamn? <laughs> oh, yeah. I brought back. Wow, man. Blew my I'll mind see, with I'll that. See, Adam. Blew see. my mind with that. Oh, man. Al Forgot all about it. Azuka um e and e 666 my 333 for uh, for each episode i value you i just listened to so many shows thanks for the hard work this is the beauty ian of value for value it's what you can what you find valuable it's what to me what matters to you that's how it works that's what we love so much about it it may be much easier for someone to donate more but they'll do it to their value and you do it to yours and it all works out beautifully Johnny Hipwell, 555. Sorry, I've been off with the coof. Great show, Mo. We're glad you're back, Johnny. Andrew Salk, 5. Brandon Glass, 5. James Holly, $5. Episode 82, Mo Fantastic as always. Mo Karma, please. We got it for you. <laughs> You've got Mo Karma. $5 monthly subscription from Joshua Goodson. Thanks, Joshua. Terry, the human subscription. Keller always does it manually. $4.11. Chris Cohenor. Uh, 333, Dwight's 10 penny, 333, and there's a couple more E&Es at $1, and uh, we really appreciate all of the support from all of our producers, execs, associates alike. Uh, our episode donations, our boosters, thank you for keeping it going. This is exactly what we need uh, as, we, uh, as we push ourselves through the summer. Uh, Mo fixing up uh, all kinds of stuff on his end. Um, it's uh, it's good. It's really good to see that, especially with the crisis of inflation. So happy everybody's stepping up. Really appreciate it. If you'd like to support the show, 
lifetime talent treasure. We accept it all. Go to mofax.com directly to the donation page at M-O-E-F-U-N-D-M-E.com, mofundme.com. Thank you again for supporting episode 83 of MoFax with Adam Curry. So, excuse me. Um, Mr. Andrew Gillum had a co-defendant on that case. Oh. Which it kind of just... No, they just kind of brushed over it. Skipped over him there. Oh, no, 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 no. No, we don't do that here. (laughs) No, Uh, we don't. (laughs) Nope. Uh, Let me do a little setup of Miss Sharon Letman Hicks. Sorry. Miss Sharon Letman Hicks is uh, the person that was also charged with him. Really? Yes. What? Have you ever heard of her? No. Okay, all right. So, Miss Sharon Hetman Licks, I mean, Letman Hicks, excuse me. She was uh, the CEO of the, let me, I have it right here, of the National Black Justice Coalition. Oh, really? Yeah. The National Black Justice Coalition, its mission is to end racism, homophobia, LGBTQ, SGL, bias, and stigma. Uh-huh. That's who was funding him, him the money. Huh. She would receive the money, and then she would send it to Gillum. Now, she has a very interesting past herself, and currently, when she was arrested, this is the Tallahassee Democrat, Sharon Letman Hicks suspends Florida House campaign amid federal corruption charges. I have the article here. It says Sharon Letton Hicks was arrested Wednesday along with former mayor Andrew Gillum, not not governor uh, uh, candidate mayor, uh, mayor mm. Andrew Gillum on the charges. They funnel campaign don't, uh, contributions to themselves. Mm. It's suspending her campaign for Florida House seat. Letman Hicks filed to run for the 8th district uh, seat in, on June 1st. Just days before the federal grand jury indicted on charges of wire fraud and conspiracy to commit mail fraud. I continue with the article. She says, I am devastated by these baseless charges. I have been I have made the painful decision to suspend my campaign, she said in a news release. I must now focus on fighting for my continued freedom. Let me Hicks, owner of PP PNP Communications and CEO of the National Black Justice Coalition, she said said she found it stunning that the charges came to light just days after she became a viable candidate (laughs) in the House race. Stunning! What a surprise! (laughs) Yes. She qualified to run for the House seat last week. Now, all of a sudden... One, and, and, and we she, got and, him being handled, a bisexual man being handled by the National Black Justice Coalition. Who is who is also gay. Yes. No, she's not gay. Yes, she is. Is she? No, uh, well, I, I believe I, so. In 2010, she wasn't openly gay because in the clips I have, I don't have that clip per, specifically. But she considered herself, she said she didn't like calling herself an ally. She hated that word. Really? Yes. Now that makes me regret if you have something. <laughs> Counter to that point, 
but uh, uh, that I didn't clip that part. But yet, I assumed that she was a straight appearing woman. Well, here, uh, but here, the way she, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm just searching. Okay. Uh, this is from queerbio.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. A civil. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. She made the no. point. She said she, she said she was the only straight person on the, oh, the NBJC. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I think I'm wrong. Which I found very interesting that you have to be gay to work for that company or that organization. Is that well, you discrimination should, in you the sh- kind of way? You I'm, shouldn't have to be, but yeah, I understand. Hmm. But the way she said it was like that was a you know was a, uh, a requirement. It, what I find she doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Yeah, that's why we got to get into her. This is uh, this is annoying. <laughs> I mean, that's as a politician, you don't have a wiki page. Something's up. That's very strange. She's bigger than a politician. She's uh, a handler. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah, yeah, yeah. This <laughs> that's very All weird. Right, so let's okay, go, let's just go ahead and get into thirty. Tell me how you feel about the Obama administration's push and effort to bring equality. Wait, for hold on, all stop. I got to put timeline, give a timeline for this. This is her at the One Nation Working Together rally in uh, 2010, and she's speaking to MSNBC. All right. Tell me how you feel about the Obama administration's push and effort to bring equality for all across this country. What has President Obama been able to do toward that end? Honestly, the inclusion agenda for the LGBT equality movement is unbelievable. The administration has been an advocate. It has listened. It has heard our concerns. It has moved the agenda. And yes, there is absolutely a lot more work to be done. We want so many more things brought into the mainstream that LGBT equality is for all. It benefits all of our communities. But we have made some significant gains, whether it's the Family and Medical Leave Act, whether it's the passage of the hate crimes um, uh, legislation, we're moving forward with the repeal of don't ask don't tell we are very optimistic that one that we have the air of the president two that the administration understands the benefit of inclusion for all the seriousness of the atrocities like the you know overwhelming number of suicides over the last three weeks public Mm -hmm. education is important because education must create an environment that is safe and inclusive for all children all right our babies are taking their own lives yeah which is the kind of thing that is gut-wrenching for any of us to see it's a it's a real problem this country sharon let me that we're glad that you're addressing issues out there today on behalf of the National Black Justice Coalition. Hmm. Yeah, so no, she said agenda. Yes. She said the word agenda, which I thought you couldn't have a gay agenda or that was a myth. <laughs> the gay agenda. Yeah. But she just ran down the whole list and this is from the Wikipedia page from the uh, National Black Justice Coalition. Um... In 2011, the organization identifies issues as it would be focusing its programming efforts on uh, employment, non-discrimination act, marriage inequality, bullying in schools, don't ask, don't tell, historically black colleges and universities, and HIV AIDS. And they also had the Black Church Summit in 2006 where Reverend Al Sharpton denounced homophobia and called it call for greater inclusion to LGBT people. So this is what I was talking about with their agenda. Interesting. We had a bunch of black people just shot and killed in Buffalo and we still can't get a black hate <laughs> hate crime act. But they were pushing for it in 2011. So that's what makes me ask when you go in that room, whose agenda are you pushing? Right. 
that's the only reason I'm worried about what you're, what you're, how you identify or whatever else. I don't care what you do in your bedroom. Nobody cares. But when you go in that negotiation room, yeah, you know, that, that matters then. Right. So that's, that's another reason why it matters. And then this is one of the issues, the pushing in and making inroads in the quote unquote black church. Right. We need to do something in the black church. We need to change the minds of people in the black church. Oh, that's an agenda. Right. Because with that comes money. And a lot of the churches always need that money. I like like new money. Ain't nothing like a fresh dollar bill. I like better than money. It's more beautiful than a woman. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, So, yeah. So now you see. It's not. It's just not a benign agenda. It, it's, well, no. It's, I mean, we we lost Ed Buck. We got to make up for it somehow. And, and she would be not to the size of him, but you know, she was she was a a, a bundler. Uh, I was seeing it, and a handler. She's a uh, <laughs> she's yeah. a double. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into her and her own words. And she's speaking at the city of Cle- the city club of Cleveland. We learned it as student organizers. We did what we needed to do. We were under assault in our state government. But to us, it was just another challenge. It was just something that we were supposed to do. And we didn't realize when all of America's eyes are on you what that really means. So in many ways, I feel very blessed and fortunate because I do believe I was discovered. But I was just discovered for doing the work of ordinary people in an extraordinary time in our democracy. And in that walk, to be under tutelage of somebody like Norman Lear, there's never an ordinary day Mm. because it's always wondering what a great mind like that would teach you. And as he took me under his wing to really educate me on the separation of church and state and what religious exploitation looks like and how our government is so fragile as to why things like the separation of church and state mattered, especially when it comes to freedom and democracy and not allowing anyone's interpretation of what they feel is right and good, especially in the name of the Lord, and then using it to exasperate an agenda that oftentimes is not as genuine as your faith. Norman Lear. Are you familiar with Norman Lear, Adam? I'm very familiar with Norman Lear. (laughs) Norman Lear would be... Currently, the uh, his legacy lives on. He's still alive as the uh, propagandist of Hollywood, the Norman Lear Hollywood Foundation. They're all over Hollywood in the writers' rooms. They deliver scripts. They come up with ideas. It's the it's a huge propaganda outfit. And could that be why more of the black roles and black shows are leaning more to the LGBT? Oh, oh absolutely. Agenda? If it's not climate change, it's that. Sure. What? And the reason why I say this is Miss Sharon Littman Hicks, previous to coming to the National Black uh, Justice Coalition, which I find that they put no uh, mention of gay in the title of their organization. <laughs> yeah. When you when you hear that National Black Justice Coalition, it doesn't speak, and they done that purposely. Mm. They did that purposely. So before she came to that organization, became the CEO, she worked at People for the American Way. People for the American Way 
is a progressive advocacy group in the United States organized as a 501c4 lobby nonprofit nonprofit yeah. organization. It was registered in 1981 by television producer Norman Lear. Yep. A described liberal who found the organization in 1980 to challenge the Christian right agenda of moral majority. Pretty so much. She was sent yeah. over to the NJ NBJC to make inroads in the black church. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, this and is, she is, just she's, happens. she's a stealth missile, man. She's got a lot going on. And like I said, I believe her to be Gillum's handler in Sounds this whole right. situation. Yeah. So now what I want to do is in this um, uh, presentation that she gives at the city of club, city club of Cleveland, she, she lays out how you made those inroads in the black church. And then to really take it to the next step to get the education of what free speech is about. And as we all are watching it play out, that freedom of speech does not mean that it's free speech without consequence. So as we all live through the unique modern day challenges of IMIS show, and Norman, as we all, we're, we're a free speech organization, we weren't allowed to go out on that particular issue, the way, and he called us and he just blasted us. What do you mean you're not going out of it? We're like, Norman, this is a free speech issue. We're no, no, no. It's a free speech issue if your speech is free. He is a brand of a network. And as a network executive, that type of speech is costly to me. He's got to go. So in, as we struggle, and to me, I was growing up in this society, I was like, wow, what a unique capitalistic view. <laughs> The origin of the cancel cannon. That's right, baby. Wow. That's the origin right there. Normally, yeah. go after the advertisers. And uh, he's still with us, 99 years old. Which I have some more information on him that we're going to talk about at a later date. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this is, she learned under his tutelage. Well, then she's and, an, then she's a, a grand wizard. Exactly, exactly, and and like I said, she was brought over to the MBJC to fulfill the you know um, the mission to complete the to mission continue of the mission. making inroads against the biggest force in the black community, pushing them back against the you know the LGBT Inc. agenda. So did she, and I had to make that clear. So she did she fail? I mean, why did she? Why did she get? wrangled in this or I don't know I, that's, that, mm. I don't have an answer for that question and like I said I hate I don't but I made this more about it do, doesn't make any sense for a democratic lenient department of justice to come after these two no it, it that that's the bigger story it's not the who done it it's the why. why, why, why were they taking? I mean, we have so many other things, you know, that's going on right now that that pales in comparison to what these two were doing, and and the lying to the FBI part is the one that really gets me. Right? Is why that charge? So 
I don't want to be a dead horse, but let's get into more of her and her own words. It wasn't real challenging for me to leap into this body of work because it really became whole. I'm sorry. I just had a thought. Mm-hmm. So the why lying to the FBI? Because if all the other stuff, because it's indictments, right? They haven't been found guilty. They've been indicted. Right. So if all of that turns out to be bullcrap, it, it may just be a total marketing exercise. Then you always have the lie, as you pointed out, lying to the FBI. That's what, <laughs> they, I mean, you're gone. I mean, they can, Roger Stone, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Flynn, 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 Flynn. G- yeah, G- General Flynn. Um, yeah, lying to the FBI. So no, if all the other stuff falls away, yeah, but you lied to the FD- FBI. So you're guilty. These two individuals, which was one, the rising star of the Democratic Party, almost a VP candidate as, you know, not our words, possibly a presidential uh, potential and the head of the biggest LGBT black organization yeah, get is, taken down a treat like white supremacy. That's an elimination right there. All right, it, let, let's go back to the clip. Maybe okay. we'll find out more. It wasn't real challenging for me to leap into this body of work because it really became whole for me in that walk under that type of tutelage when election 2008 happened. And I got a president that looked like me. And everything in the world felt magnificent until the whole year of 2008. I was in California doing programs on the ground called Homophobia in the Black Church and reaching out to my community just to soften the reality because in the black community, you can't even get to gay marriage. Because the conversation about gay is like, and let me be clear, the black community invented the term don't ask, don't tell. So when, and so when you even try to have a conversation about gay marriage, what are you talking about? Gay marriage, we have 70% single Women households in the black community. Gay marriage. Marriage is not even a cultural term that is revered in the way that society may deal with, but you're talking about gay marriage. We don't even say the word gay in our community. Is it true that uh, black Americans came up with don't ask, don't tell? I don't know if that's a true statement, but that's kind of like, I don't care what you're doing in your bedroom. I mean, like, Well, oh, like, oh, wait a minute. When did Don't Ask, Don't Tell come out? Was that during Bush? Uh, or was it during Obama? Nothing was, was it Clinton or Bush? Maybe it was. It was pre-Obama. It was, was pre-Obama. Pre don't Ask, Don't Tell. Let's see when it, it was 2001. So it was Bush. Okay. Yeah. I knew it was right at, at the beginning of the 2000s when that, first start cropping up well considering george bush is of course black maybe uh, no that would be clinton <laughs> <laughs> true weird. No, but, uh, that's really weird that's really really strange. i don't understand why she said that but the takeaway from that is it's true i don't i don't care what you do in your bedroom i don't want to hear about it either you know what i mean that's that's your own business but what she's talking about is the black church yeah and she was basically saying in that clip, black people were being accused of why they lost the, I think it was Prop 8, I believe it was called, in California. Mm, 
I don't the remember. gay marriage uh, proposal. The, you mean the Defense of Marriage Act? No, the one in California that was a state. That was a state. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, California. Let me what's see the word it. I'm looking for? Proposition. Excuse yes. me. Yeah. Let me see if it. Uh, I yes. think that was two. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. 2008 Proposition 8. Um, yes. But that was to ban same-sex marriage. Right. And black people, once again, didn't vote the way they thought they were going to vote or black Christians. Right. This is why Obama had to come in as a marriage is between a man and a woman. Mm hmm. You see, see, it was it was one of those cases where a lot of this has been thrusted upon. And I want to make this very clear. Black believers. I want to make this very clear. This this is a. Uh, portion. This is not all black people. This is a, a portion. But black believers are like, well, who you want me to believe? Right. God or you? You know what I'm saying? Like that's the that's the thing. It's like, hold on. Mm. Um, and they want black believers to basically say, oh no, you gotta be okay with it. And it's like, okay, I'm okay with it outside of church, but inside of church, I don't know if I can uh can that with conflicts that. with what I believe. Sure. And notice they don't push this anyway. You don't hear this kind of talk in mosque. You don't hear this kind of talk in synagogues? <laughs> no, definitely not. It's, it's only churches. So I'm, I'm so, and, and the reason why it affects black people so much is because the money that comes with it. You know, a lot of political money flows through the black church. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we talked about that what Margaret Sanger is alleged to be, you know, quoted. You know, you had to get... Yeah, you you got to get the, uh, you got to get the reverends uh, involved in order to propagate a message, right? And we all know if you've ever been to a black church on the Sunday before the Tuesday before election, it's going to be some white people on the front row <laughs> uh, or some politicians at least, you know. But it's it's very stark because it's like all these black people, and then it's like it's like three white people sitting on the front row. It's like, mm. oh yeah, I'm here from I'm running for the city council or whatever else. I hope you can, and which is totally illegal. I mean, so. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I just I just want to point this out that this this the reason why I'm bringing this up, this is the when the pendulum started swinging that way. What we're seeing real time now is that pendulum is coming back via Clarence Thomas, which I told you Clarence Thomas was going to be a major player in the previous show. You are right, man, and boy is he ever. <laughs> and I told you how they would treat him. Yeah. <laughs> if. if he, I mean, he's re- he's really. I mean, it's like they're really going after him. It's incredible. I mean, they're calling the N word on Twitter. It's nuts. Yes, no, it's not. I mean, I they called Kanye Kunye. So I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, and the funny thing is, Kanye got suspended f- from Instagram for calling Trevor Noah coon. But we've seen nobody's get suspended for Clarence Thomas in the way he's being treated. <laughs> well, no, and I have my not. own issues with Clarence Thomas. You know, I mean, I have my own issues with him, but. Yeah, but he realizes that he's the man right now. Oh, yeah. He got a lot of juice. I don't know if any black man has had this much juice inside of, you know what I'm saying, the federal government in history. He's up and that there, might man. It's not like uh, uh, hyperbole, but, you know, hey, that, I, don't, I don't see it. I mean, we're talking about, just look at Prop 8. 
you have this all over again. They had it wrapped up with these, you know, uh, uh, Supreme Court uh, decisions. Right. And, and Clarence Thomas is putting that back on the table. Nah, he said, on my way out, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to kick all of this over on my way out. You know how y'all been treating me? Okay. And, and, but he's not getting the pushback that you think you would have got from the quote unquote black community. No, no. He's getting the pushback from the media and from uh, Black Lives Matter Inc. and Roe v. Wade Inc. And that's where the white liberals yeah yes 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 generally yeah because they they were boy they were saying some real like one lady she went all the way in uh but i told you when that pin that but this is the pendulum it's swinging back and it's once again it's like oh, okay whoa whoa y'all are pushing the boundaries you know and i say this to the same way i said about black lives matter to black lives matter inc you gotta watch who's representing you you know I don't care what you do in your bedroom. That's your business. But the way they're portraying y'all in the media right now with some of this stuff that's going on at these parades and uh, have some dignity, people. No, what I'm saying is how you're being represented by a small minority is is making it very hard for people to uh, support. Yeah. The same way, like I would say with Black Lives Matter, the same way. It was, the ink wasn't representing what the people wanted. And that's why they're out on the island by themselves right now. Because the people aren't behind them. So I'll say it's the same thing for all the other inks. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be the same thing with the border (laughs) soon. It's going to be like, whoa, whoa. How how open do you want it to be? You see what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, it's going to, what you... It's, trust me, the, the pendulum is swinging backwards. I'm just like, forewarning people. I, so I, I feel think, you. I, I, the pendulum is swinging back in many places. I, th- I think it's, and it always happens. It's, it's nature. You almost can't help it. It's just, it works that way. Right. But we got to be careful is the pendulum. And I've always warned of this. We don't want the pendulum to swing all the way the other no. way either, because mm. then we become a very, uh, the same thing. It's yeah, just on the opposite pol- pole. It's just as polarizing. <laughs> exactly. Right. So, uh, I think we started at 33. Yeah, we're 34. Th- we're 34 now. For me, right, it was sweet victory. We had Obama, but the, that next day, the only thing we heard competing with the victory was the black community took gay marriage away from not all gay people. It was a conversation about white gay people. So it became white gay people against African Americans. Wow. All I could say for the next few weeks was Wow. Because as I was trying to celebrate Obama, I was called in, like I felt like I was being called in by Obama, into California to say, how did you let this happen? Now, last population check, I think African Americans are about stop, 7%. Stop, stop, stop. I can't let that slide. Back it up about 10 minutes, because she, just a second, excuse me. She said she like she she was being called in by Obama, and then she said like being called in, in by Obama. Ca- like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'll, here it is. All I could say for the next few weeks was, wow, because as I was trying to celebrate Obama, I was called in like I felt like I was being called in by Obama into California to say, how did you let this happen? Who calls her in? Who's got the juice there? (laughs) Was it her boss, Norman Lear? Maybe. Now, last (laughs) population check, I think African-Americans are about 7% of the state of California, maybe. 
No one pulled the stats on the 25% Latino community. No one pulled the stats on the 12% Asian American community. I had people just calling because CNN went up with this you know, hellacious study. And then we just totally gave the evangelical white people a pass and decided that black America took gay marriage away from the state of California, and then there goes California, there goes the country. Wow. That's quite the accusation. But we see it with a black man took away Roe v. Wade. It was five uh, other justices that voted with Clarence uh, Thomas. Yeah. No, he's, was, no, he's <laughs> the only one. It was the black guy. Yeah, that's just. He did it all on his own. Yeah, yeah. That guy's horrible. Doesn't he care about his children? Right. But once again, this is this is how they're framing it. But there is some. We saw this with the vaccine. If we don't get on board, other people are skeptical, like, oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Like, right. I mean, even though we don't have the numbers. It's the it's the I don't know about that. You know, mm-hmm. that's why they push so hard to like um making rap songs and everything else getting us on board. Yeah, and just kept with, saying and just kept saying over and over again. No, historically, of course, we understand Tuskegee, you know, blah 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 blah. They kept it, but you know, it's a new time. It's uh, it's Fauci. Right. So it's the same thing with this these other uh, agendas. And when we talk about this, we're talking about political agendas. Um and that's why Brock said Brock. It was necessary for Barack Obama to do what he did in 2012 and make the pivot on what a marriage was, because they weren't going to let him play that role anymore. But they forced him. They forced him by letting Joe's us uh, have the cat slip out of the bag. Exactly. And there he is, our man Joe, ready to go <laughs> once, <laughs> once again. Once again, always once ready. Again. All right. I guess we can get to the next clip. So now this is when they open it up for the questions. And as uh, one of the uh, one of the the people there in the audience is going to ask her a question about the struggle between faith and her sexuality. There is a struggle there because there are words there, and if we accept it as the indisputable truth, there's a problem because how do we reconcile? I want to go to heaven. I'm, I'm serious. I want to go there, but also. If my pheromones say I'm attracted to a female, then I have that conflict. So how do you address that? I address it real simple because I am a car-carrying Christian. Um, And one of my uh, spiritual teachers taught me, know me by my deeds. So my judge is not in the book. The book is there as a guide, but those were written by men. Oh, yeah. Okay, I, I haven't heard one book that they told me God wrote. Okay, well now we're in a deep spot, lady. Who's your God? <laughs> yeah, and, and and she ends it with not one word did God write. Mm, this is why it's called the testament. It's the witnesses. That is the mega talking point. That and Tupac, only God can judge me, which people think is in the Bible, which is not. Which, which is not, mm-hmm. but that's that's the mindset. That was the meme. That was the that was the push. Right. I, I know you know this kind of like with the Constitution. 
Yeah, I know some men wrote that thing back in the you know, men, men, white men, white men wrote right. that. Bunch it's of not dicks. the same anymore. You know, uh, we need to. The, it's the same. The thing. Constitution is, is a fluid document. It's gender fluid. And, and this is the real attack on the patriarch. Yeah, it's it's anything men wrote that's you know counter to whatever their agenda is. Got to go. And for her to say, I'm a card carrying member Christian. And like, I don't care what she feel that blank in, whatever. It could be Muslim. It could be Jewish person, whatever. It could be whatever. Then you say, but I don't believe everything that's written in the book. It's like, so then how can you how say can you that you're a card carrying member? Yeah. Yeah. But this is what they've done. And like I said, Al Sharpton got on board. T.D. Jakes has gotten on board. Um, and, and and a lot of these uh, people have got on board um, and had political gain from it. Mostly. Uh, you see, mostly. Yeah. So this is, I'm sure that that, that money that she, that pool of money, it's going right back into the church. And this is why poverty affects the quote unquote black community so badly that they need the resources. So then they sell out and I'm not right. condoning it, but I'm just saying that, and you're going to see more of this because I'm going to let you know. Now the black church is in trouble. Do tell COVID. Yeah. No church, no collections, no collections, ah, <laughs> no <gotcha>. value, no <laughs> money, you know? no value. Yep. No money. Yeah. These churches have mortgages. Yeah, I, I mean, I sure hope if, if there's another situation like that, no church allows that to happen. Well, you again. have the big institutions that, you know, the, the more uh, um, like the AME Zion, the Baptist, they'll, they'll be okay because they, they're more of a. Yeah, but it's the smaller community. It's the community churches. Right. The ones where. They were independent. A lot of these don't have 501c3s where they can freely speak how they want to speak. Um, Because yeah. that's another thing in the show. And I don't want to go make this a black, but I'm black church show, but I'm saying that these were the inroads. And this wasn't all Democrats either because I've heard Republican uh, donors push the same thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, take a softer line. So, and it's only Christians. Like you, you were getting ran out of a mosque. <laughs> If you went in there talking about, oh, yeah, we need, I don't care what Muhammad said, you know, that was, he was just a man. Yes. You know, what? Yeah. What? While you're at it, draw a cartoon of him. That'll be fun. See what exactly. happens. You, that's exactly my point. The seriousness of other religions, when even you mention their name, and, and we saw this with what happened in Florida with the Pulse nightclub. Yeah. That's not, that was one of the biggest, if not the biggest shooting at the time in American history, but the fact that the shooter was Muslim. Politics won't let them use it like they want to. No. Just like with uh, Uvalde, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. The fact that he was a uh, uh, Hispanic. No. They really can't use it like they want to. No. Even so though he sh- even though he shot his grandma in the head. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things that's not cool. We Man, can't you, if you start right. like that. Right. So I'm just saying, like now we got to start questioning who is their god. You know, is it, is it they're not, and like I said, I'm not here to convert anybody. I'm not here even to push my beliefs. Hello, Mo. I judge her by- Hello, this is the God of the Democrats. <laughs> 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 Sorry. 
sorry. Right. Couldn't Close. resist. Couldn't uh, resist. Do I smell sulfur? Yes, uh, a little. <laughs> uh, but that's it's offensive because it's like the bedrock of somebody's beliefs. You think you can come in and bully them? They're anti-bullying, but then they want to use bullying, pulling your funds, pulling your you know whatever, attacking your money, your your financials to push their agenda. So it's like, whoa, is it the God that is the God I believe in? The one the same one she says she believes in, mm-hmm. or is it these people that are giving you your talking points? So that's that's the point I want to make out of that. It's a some. I'm still keeping my eye on who was in that room, mm-hmm. but I want to wrap up with uh, Nilly Fuller Jr. Just to, this is about being effect. You know, seven habits of highly effective people. Is something effective or not? And not for me personally, but for the quote, quote unquote community that we always talk about. So mm-hmm. Nilly Fuller is going to rationalize um, is homosexuality and lesbianism good for the quote unquote black community? Yeah, it's just like a person might come around and say, well, hey, you know, I used to kind of be attracted to people, you know, I've had several wives and all like that. Uh, even had a little incest, I mean, every now and then, I mean, you know. And, uh, but I finally came to the conclusion that people ain't where it's at at all. I'm in the bear. Hmm. You know, you say, what do you mean you're in the bear? I'm into bear. I go out in the woods and I chase me down a bear. The bear ain't chasing me no more. I'm chasing them. <laughs> I have found that that's a wonderful alternative. I mean, after all, man, I mean, let's face it. Look at these marriages and divorces and whatnot. I don't have no trouble with the bears. I mean, I used to didn't think of anything about bears except just going to the ball game, you know. But I found out that, man, if, if you really snuggle up to a bear, you'll never want to go back <laughs> doing nothing else. Now, where did you get that idea? Well, it just came to me one night. Tired of these women. In fact, people was telling me, well, if you don't like women, get you a man. Well, I'm tired of them, too. <laughs> so I'm in the bear. See, now, you might laugh, but it's going to come to that if it ain't already. Because there are some people into that. Mm. Yeah, they call it, what do you call it, bestiality? Yes, sir. Yeah, see what I mean? That might be a wholesale thing in about another 10 years. They say, oh, hey, well, you know, this gay and lesbian thing about played out, man. Ain't where it's at. <laughs> you know? Man, everybody's trying to preserve the bears now. You know, I'm trying to get me a panda. (laughs) (laughs) So the reason why I put that in there is go go for 2010 when they were pushing this to now what's happening out in the streets. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, he's, of course, being kind of facetious, but really, I mean, you can push anything and it seems to work eventually. And, 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 And it's not about the people. No. Because I just laid that out in the first segment of the show. We have gay men, black, being killed by a white man, serial killer. And nobody said anything. Where, where are all the activists at? Where, where was Black Lives Matter? They, I mean, were, just Lives Matter been, they were just hustlers. There, there weren't nah, people. You, exactly. But he gets more serious in 37. Like I said, I just wanted to lay it out how asinine it sounds, but now he gets more serious. Now, what is the point that I'm making? It's a lots of things 
that the man can do. The man is extremely inventive and extremely flexible. But the basic question is, is this type of activity an improvement, and if so, why? Otherwise, why are you coming around asking black people who don't even have a roof over their head that this is what they should be pushing now? <clears throat> they don't even have a decent school or a decent job. But now you want them to get, join the gay rights movement, and that should be their priority. We should drop everything else and make that a priority. I don't yes, see sir. the justification at all. Mm -hmm. They have some uh, white people who came around years ago and started saying, calling it the rainbow. You know, kind of, uh, you might excuse the pun, tailgating Jesse Jackson's rainbow push for civil rights. And then they got to saying, well, what is this all about? And when the question was asked, they answered by saying, well, it's another division of civil rights. Yeah. Yeah. It's all the same thing. Discriminating against gays is the same as discriminating against blacks. And a lot of mm -hmm. black people say, wait a minute. It may sound like the same thing, but it ain't the same thing. But they were able to shout all of that down. It is the same thing. Why is it the same thing? Because I said so. White supremacy in action again. Always because I said so. Let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. In general, I mean, I know your stance. A lot of our show has been about this. Do you feel black America uh, uh, understands what's happening and does not agree with it? Or is it a percentage? I mean, where do you it, think that is? It's two different conversations. One, what a person does and who they're attracted to, that's one thing. Got it. But the sissification, the little Nas, and I never mention his name, but just to draw imagery, the little Nas X aspect of it, the 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 pushing of more of and it's not even about homosexual it's about the flamboyancy of it mm -hmm. you have no representation across the spectrum because there's a spectrum inside their community but what we get is RuPaul Little Nas X uh what's the Porter guy name Billy, Billy Porter Billy Porter you see what I'm saying? Like, it's no serious, and, and, I, and I, it may be a better word for this, but there's no serious Hey, man, people. we gave you Denzel, and then that should just be enough? Right, that's the, <laughs> that's the thing. It's just like, hold on now. Like, these are two different things. I mean, why are you portraying? And then the other thing is that, as he said, there's way other bigger issues that we need yeah. to deal with. Yeah, no kidding. But they prioritize for us and they say, like I said, white supremacy, because like, I said so. Right. And that's it. It's like, well, well, just like we heard in the Insta Boulay clip. When she came out and said what she said, yeah. they got on code. When they, uh, uh, what's she got a name? Um, what's the uh, comedian's name? Uh, the little guy. Uh, Kevin. Kevin Hart. He had to apologize twice. <laughs> Look at David Chappelle attacked on stage yeah. and was justified for telling a joke. This is this is the true white supremacy. This is we can check. Oh, your God? Oh, your God said what? No, 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 no. I'm your God. Yeah. And that's what, and I think we have one more clip left. Yes, we do. He's gonna illustrate the point of 
uh, white supremacy is their God. And that's how you handle religion, too. Just go into question mode. The minute a person says that God is their leader, you keep asking questions. And then after they answer the questions, don't argue. Don't ever argue with a person about religion. Get back to that barbershop now where religion is talked about all the time. Don't ever argue about religion. Just ask questions about that person's religion. And then when that person gets to talking about how much they believe in their religion, then watch and see what they do when the white supremacists come around. That's the test about who their God is. If you, you, know, that, you know, you don't have to say nothing. Just watch what they do when the white supremacists come around and say, I don't like what you're doing. And well, what I'm doing is according to my religion. Oh, oh, you know, you're going to tell me with your black self and I'm a white person in the system of white supremacy and with your black self, you're going to tell me about religion and what your religion tells you to do. And I just told you to do something that's just the opposite. Oh, now it's testing time now. And every black person on the planet understands that. Testing time. Yeah. They take this shot, Mo. I don't want to take the shot. Because I said so. (laughs) Ain't never been a time where you're saying my jaw was tied to a vaccine. Uh, Now it is today. Take the shot. I always love how Fuller always says supremacy instead of supremacy. And Mm -hmm. And I think it really matters that he pronounces it that way. Supremacy. And just to clarify on his, for new listeners, what his definition of white supremacy, a one world government, the same, the same UN or whatever, global, uh, world economic, uh, yeah. <laughs> for world, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, anything starting with a W, probably. Right. Gas was good 2016 to 2020. Gas bad now. <laughs> Your money, oh, it ain't worth nothing. Yeah. That, that's, that's, the, that's real white supremacy, however you said it. Yeah, that's supremacy. that's that's, that's supremacy. Yeah, super, supremacy. Yeah, that's it. Cause I said so. Your dollar? Oh no, your dollar worth half what it was. <sighs> yeah, this is this is pretty. That's big. You've you've and actually this is this leaves it open for many more episodes. The way I see it, we got a lot mm-hmm. more a lot more ground to cover. Um, and really, we. I mean, I'm. I need to know who the fourth person was in the room. This is bugging the crap out of me. I need to know who that we was. Need to fi- we need to find that out. And I just want to make it clear. It, no one's safe from this. And when I mean this, whatever you think your bedrock of belief is, oh no. Vaccines. It used to be, take one, you're good for the rest of your life. <laughs> Herd immunity. It used to be, no, white supremacy came along and said, no, no. Herd immunity? What the hell is herd? I ain't never heard of herd immunity. No, no, that's off the table. Have you noticed that? It's completely gone. There is no such thing. It's, we're only 90% vaccinated, which at 80, you've got herd immunity, supposedly. It's off that's, the table. Yeah. That's it. Like I said, that's that one world government. That's that, because I said so. Mo, not able to, able to question it. Thank you for uh, another exhilarating uh, lesson, really. I mean, I learned so much here and so much I missed. And I'm kind of kicking myself because this Gillum <laughs> thing, 
man, what a what a huge what a huge rabbit hole. And the fourth person in the room, uh, there's a lot of innuendo to be picked up on. But uh, I just found it weird. Like I said, the G- DOJ is uh, persecuting this black man. In their words, you know what I'm saying? So, and we got to figure out. I'm looking at you. Yeah, we got to figure out what's going on because there's there's big forces at work. There's big things happening, and it could be it could be multiple parties. It could be two different forces working against each other. It seems that that's possible. Either way, it pans out. It's going to be interesting to watch, and we're seeing the pendulum swing back. We just need to make sure we humanize people. Um, have be empathetic. Seek first to understand and be understood, and then we can, you know, make sure we don't swing too far back the other way either uh, to become oppressive in just another, an a polar opposite manner. I thank you for the work, Mo. Fantastic, well done. I appreciate that, and as I always say, pay attention to everything, and the truth will reveal itself. And we will reveal ourselves on the next episode of MoFax with Adam Curry. Remember us at MoFax.com. Thanks, brother. All right, talk to you later, Adam. 